Hi everyone, this is Raven and Campbell from Musicals, and we'd Hello. like to talk to you today about a nonprofit music education group that we are partnering with. Yep, we'd like to talk to you about Education Through Music. They partner with under-resourced schools to provide music as a core subject for all children. And they utilize music education as a catalyst to improve academic achievement, motivation for school, and self-confidence. Exactly. So they work with 52 different partner schools throughout New York City, um, and they work with them to institute sustainable music education programs by hiring qualified teachers, matching them with the school, and really equipping the teachers with the tools to succeed and be able to provide quality music education to all of the students attending that institution. So we think, you know, from this podcast, we think it's incredibly important to provide music education to all children, um, that everyone should have access to it to help, you know, really instill those lifelong passions that have been so influential for Campbell and I. So we believe that supporting this organization is the way you can support our podcast. Yep. And you can do so by going to give.etmonline.org slash boozicals. Again, that's give.etmonline.org slash boozicals. And yeah, you can really uh, help these kids if that's what you're into. Support the youths. Shut okay. up. That's, don't, don't, don't patronize me. Okay. Uh, I don't need you Enjoy the episode. <laughs> I'm done with this. <laughs> You can cheers each other. Yeah. <laughs> You're sitting on the same couch. You just Ooh. went for the. See, now my ice has started to melt though because someone's had to take a long ass time. So. Yeah, you told me 4:30. It's 5:09, um, and you definitely weren't ready at 4:30. So. Okay, chill. Shut your, shut your ass up. Anyway. <clears throat> That's delicious. I guess we've started. Yes, we have. Please. Listeners, we are aggressive today. And Campbell I don't is aggressive. Know why. I, I have not been aggressive at all today. You just, <laughs> you just were. I take exception you to that. You just were. I take exception to that. Valid. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a guest today. Yes, we do. We have a very fantastic guest who is um, one of a small group of my favorite people on Aww. this earth. So don't act surprised, bitch. <laughs> Aggressive. <laughs> anyway, um, so our special guest today is my very good friend, Matt. Hello, Matt. How are you doing today? I'm doing swell. How are you? You would say swell. I know. <laughs> hey, Matt. Hi, Campbell. <laughs> okay, uh, so Matt, we've known each other. Oh, we've known each other since my freshman year of college because mm-hmm. uh, Matt and I were in the same programming class and week one we were just like oh this shit hard <laughs> <laughs> yeah nice. um Matt had the wisdom of setting up a study group mm-hmm. uh, which for which you emailed I think just our entire engineering class yeah. and I think what five six of us responded yeah do you know why though do you know why you set up a yeah because no. I have no stem back on my heart. oh that's true <laughs> Oh, because that was your first ever engineering class, wasn't it? Oh, yes. uh, yeah. What a wild and it was one, one to of have. the uh, It was one of the weed-out classes, too. Yeah. And it was just... A... I got a B, too. Yeah. Nice. Hell yeah. Okay, yeah. So Matt and I have been very good friends for quite a while. We also... Um, the fraternity that all three of us are in, Matt and I actually pledged together, um, which only, you know, helped make us closer friends. So I feel like this has been... Oh, you touched me willingly! <laughs> hey, I'll 
Let's get some sex. Listeners, <laughs> this is going to be a wild episode. <laughs> I am not in this, on the same vibe as them right now. <laughs> I don't know what they were doing today. This, so This is what best friendship looks like. Matt and I, I mean, pretty much any time we're together, we're basically just drunk off of each other's presence. So... <laughs> And then now we're actually drinking, so we'll see where this night goes. Yeah. But, yes, uh, Matt is a wonderful person. I'm very happy to have him here. Same. To start off, Matt, would you like to tell us what music you've been listening to? What have I been listening to this week? Honestly, this week I've been listening to a lot of NPR. (laughs) I'll take it. (laughs) Yeah. NPR music or just NPR? NPR. Yeah, and podcasts. Because at work, it's easier just to have a podcast in the background and just do my work rather than music because then I get into like a... Same. I get distracted with music too. And then eventually... Because I always think... Listeners, Matt was just dancing. (laughs) (laughs) Was it a dance or was it a shoulder shimmy? (laughs) Which is a a dance. Mm, Okay. It's a dance move. Don't dance shame. (laughs) That's fair. Uh, Yeah, because I always do that where I put on some music um, to work to. And then about an hour and a half later, I'm just like, I have done, I've written two sentences. Um, so I'm going to shut this off real quick. And then I get like a whole page done in 20 minutes. And I'm like, oh, now I can turn my music back on. <laughs> Reward yourself. Indeed. Indeed. Um, what music have you been listening to, Campbell? So on my Spotify, the playlist came up a uh, time capsule. So I was like, this should be interesting. So I put that on shuffle. And I don't know what time they chose from. But I was assumingly horribly depressed with the music that was on there. Oh my god! So oh no. yeah, I was just like listening. I was like, "What was? Was I okay? <laughs> like, I like I have no recollection of like listening to like all those songs and stuff. Like, I know the songs, but fun fact: depression like, causes memory yeah. loss. Thanks, Men's College. There we have it, <laughs> folks. Um, but other than that, um, I finally listened to um, San Francisco's latest album, Between You and Me, that came out this year. That I've been to for a while. Because San Francisco is a wonderful band, and everyone should listen to them. Nice. I actually lied. I listened to something new this week. Ooh, what? I listened to the new Taylor Swift album. Folklore. Yes, I can't say words. I was about to say I was about to say forbidden, but I was like, no, this is Tasha Call album. So Yeah. Taylor Swift related. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. I listened to it this week. I knew we were gonna be doing fairy tale based I haven't listened to it, to be quite honest. Spoiler! Spoiler Matt, besides the title of the podcast. Oh crap. Raven, what about you? I this week. I didn't forget about you very very refined i have been listening to the <laughs> finest <Fair>. classical music <laughs> creed um, no actual classical music um, like vivaldi and, and mozart okay. yeah um i thought you were gonna say like missy elliott and i was like close. you can't get oh better than you that, cannot so get like, better yeah. than missy elliott i love her um <laughs> yeah so anyway um yeah i don't know uh what happened but just like at the beginning of the week uh i think i was like cleaning or something at the time and at the beginning of the week i was just like you know what i would love to listen to some good old-fashioned Beethoven. And so I put on like a classical music playlist. And I've just been listening to it all week. And um, it's really fun because I get to, I'm kind of like rediscovering a lot of classical pieces that I knew back when I was active in orchestra and in music. Um, so that's been really fun. And I also, for the first time ever, actually looked up the lyrics to uh, The Magic Flute by oh, Mozart. Oh, that's why you texted <laughs> yes, me that, if because, I have seen the lyrics. <laughs> so Mozart, I think was, I think he was 
Austrian, technically. But mm-hmm. um, Salzburg. Yeah, and so uh, a lot of his pieces are in German. And uh, when I was listening to the piece, I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure this is the Magic Flute. And then um, the name of it on Spotify was in German, so I just Googled it to double check. And I was like, oh, yeah, the Magic Flute. And then I started looking at the lyrics for it. And I was like, hmm, I recognize a couple of those words. They're not what I would expect them to be. So I translated it to English, and it is the most metal song. <laughs> like, it's about, like, yeah. death. So and, like, uh, like it's... It's, so, it's so metal, and I, but it sounds just so light. It's called the Magic Flute, and I was just like, Mozart, what were you on back then? But yeah, so that was an interesting adventure. And then today oh, I thing. listened to WAP, so that was a that was a left turn. WAP. Uh, I mean, I mean, WAP. You're still listening to I call it WAP. Is it not? It doesn't matter. I, I call it WAP. Yeah. yeah. Um, Matt, would you like to tell us the musical you chose for us to watch? Yeah. So I chose Into the Woods. Um, specifically the 2014 movie version. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I love German fairy tales. Gotcha. Um, so I was like, oh, this is a great one to do because from what I recall, I didn't like it the first time I saw it. So I was like, oh, I want to re-watch it as an adult. More an adult. Yeah. Did you I not mean, six years like ago. it? Because... You, you, you were an adult six years ago, Matt. Um, yeah, questionable. What's... <laughs> Did you did you not Legally. like it because uh, uh, <laughs> it, you had read the original fairy tales in German and it did not live up to the hype? No, I actually thought the musical was pretty close. Okay, it was more. I was just of, checking because um... sometimes you get a little uppity about that. <laughs> Raven, have you seen Into the Woods before? This is this my week? first time ever watching it. This is my first time hearing about it actually. Hmm. Which I don't know how because it's a star-studded cast. Um, I I went into this with a very low bar. Um, I have very Fair. like very talented musically like able friends that when i told them i was like yeah i'm watching like into the woods this week they're like oh went and like raved about it, said such good things about the cast and things i was like yeah like I'm, I'm, i think i can find it like streaming or i'll like rent it for youtube and they're like wait you're not watching the film version are you and i was like uh, yeah <laughs> and they begged me to reconsider um so that's how i went into it um not bad yeah see i thought the film i mean for my first it time, was but i was expecting a lot worse for my first so. time watching it i thought it was i thought it was decent i thought it was pretty pretty good movie um there, there's parts i like yeah. yeah i can um just based on the fact that it's a film adaptation specifically with steven sondheim play like just based on like historically how like film adaptations of that type of stuff have gone i can't imagine that the um stage version is probably better in a lot of ways but i think for for what it was i think it was still pretty good fairly well done in yeah. some ways yeah um i i do think I, I i'll talk about this specifically when it comes up again i don't know how it was done with the stage version but i do think the delivery of certain lines was very very good in a lot of places mm-hmm. Also, I did not I'm interested know... To, I'm interested to hear those places. That's fair. see if I agree. I also did not know that Anna Kendrick had a soprano like that. And I was just like, Oh, yeah. Okay, girl. Go ahead. I see you. <laughs> did not know... Like, I knew she could sing, but I didn't know she had, like... I mean, did she not see Pitch Perfect? No, I saw Pitch Perfect, but, like, I've never... I, to my recollection, I've never heard her sing, like, that soprano... Like, that type of soprano. No, I don't know what soprano means, so... It just high. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it like, I was like... There it is. Um, okay, so with like all 
musicals we pick, um, there's a drink to go along with it. Matt, what's the drink are we drinking? That's a weird choice <laughs> to say that. <laughs> what's the drink we're drinking? The drink that we are drinking. Yes, I'm a human person, Campbell. So it was called Into the Woods, and it's bourbon, hard cider, and ginger beer. It is tasty. And? Oh, and bitters. Which we did not do. Which we did we not do. Some I basic did, ass bitches. And they're delicious. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. I thought I thought it was a good fall drink for a kind of fairy tale. It does tale feel very folly. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, good fall drink when we're recording. It's coming out in February. So stay tuned. <laughs> hey, <folks>. Spoilers. <laughs> but yeah, we are recording at the beginning of October, so right, right, nice in the the perfect time of fall, where mm-hmm. it's not too cold yet, but you know it's fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so I guess just a little bit of background so. on Into the Woods. So it's a play by Stephen Sondheim that um, was intended to kind of combine a lot of various, uh, specifically Grimm's Brothers fairy tales, like Cinderella, Rapunzel, Jack and the Beanstalk, those type of fairy tale stories. And Little Red Riding Hood. Jack and the Beanstalk is a British play, or uh, story. Okay, Matt, I don't know. I was just saying <laughs> okay. that he was combining I mean, fairy tales. I, mean, I, I think it's a good way to start is also talking about the Brothers Grimm and like their history. Yes. Take it away, Raven. No. <laughs> Why is that? Letting Did you not do thorough no. research for this stuff like again, you never do? Again, my job is to research the composer. And like I literally... Okay, and... Raven. I think it was like after Greece or we were talking. So there's audio of it somewhere. I asked you specifically. Is there audio of it? Or hey, did I delete it? I mean, I would have audio of it. I have all my audio. Mm. <laughs> but the conversation was it's like hey how do you want to do like the history part in the beginning i'm fine with taking over for it or do you want to like depending who picks if they can do it oh we did that's say what that you... yeah we did to be fair when i pick the movie i do usually know like mm. the history and the background of it yeah it's just when you pick but the yeah. movie that i don't pay attention which is exactly what we agreed on well um but also there's been times where you don't do a thorough job of looking up the history for your own musical. <sighs> Fill in the gaps. Okay, Campbell. Like I'm doing go now. off, sis. Matt, what, <laughs> Matt what, why are we acting like 12-year-old TikTokers? Like, <laughs> stop, stop renegating. Um, Matt, that's disgusting. Um, Matt, would you like to talk about uh, the Brothers Grimm history? Yeah, and I'm going to do my best you, not to... You know to, a lot about it. Yeah, to insult uh, your German listeners um, by butchering their language. <laughs> I know everyone in Germany is listening to this. Um, Yeah, so as Raven said, a lot of the storylines in Into the Woods are based on the uh, stories from the brothers Grimm, who uh, were two, they were brothers who were academics who went around Germany collecting folklore. Um, And they just. Jacob and Wilhelm. hmm? I was just saying their names. Uh, Jacob and Wilhelm. Yes. Um, And it was about the early 19th century where they went around and collected stories, especially through the Black Forest. Um, and another fun fact is they actually started the German dictionary, or at least the most modern version of it back in 1838. So and it's been built upon since then. and is the largest German dictionary, at least according to Wikipedia. Yeah. I think, I oh, know. I love, <laughs> nice. Cite your sources. Um, <laughs> I love Grimm's fairy tales so much. I used to read them all the time. Uh, 
not Disney. Yeah. <laughs> um, no. Dark. Which is why I'm surprised um, Disney did the movie for Into the Woods. Yeah, and like uh, the portrayals of like some of the storylines were pretty close to the grim versions mm-hmm. of them, which I, yeah, that definitely impressed me. I didn't expect that. Cinderella was the closest. Yeah. Yeah, and Rapunzel almost. Almost. And yeah. Lorelai Riding Hood, she went through the forest, and you know, that's her thing. Yeah. They did actually have her get eaten, which I was, you know, surprised by. Yeah. Well, and there was like Although an updated version. I have, I have version. some points on that. that yeah, I have some points on that, too. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think, okay, so, Raven, would you like to continue talking about, like, the musical history, then? I'll do that at the end. N- not the history. Um, like, when the movie when came the out? Me- the brought. Yeah, the movie, the Broadway show. Yeah, okay, well, like normally that. you do that. Also, I didn't pick this one, so then I wh- claim... And then, okay, but then why did you make that point? And then when we were talking about the history, I was like, we're talking about the history, you're the one that started speaking first. Oh, because I knew the one thing about the fact That's that it was based on the Brothers you, Green you, you gave You gave the impression you were going to take the lead on it. Oh, no, I did not need to... Matt, Matt, am I wrong? No, she like went right out the gate and then like I... so. Yeah, I was like, I was, and then I was relieved. I was like, oh, nice, Raven. You like no, looked but up notice how I said that one beforehand. thing and then let y'all stop talking. Oh, okay. So I feel less bad because I thought, well, one, I did interrupt you, but two, I thought me interrupting you like ruined the flow of what you were going to say. So I was giving you the opportunity <laughs> no, again to continue your statement. However. You got nothing. Okay, whatever. Okay, so this is a the twenty fourteen film adaptation of the nineteen eighty six like Broadway show of the same name. There's some differences. I don't feel like talking about it anymore. I'm annoyed. Um, should we get started? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we start off with the prologue um, into the woods, which is basically we introduce all the main characters. Um, mm-hmm. With the exception of Rapunzel, because we don't quite see her yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we introduce yeah. all the main characters, and they are singing like "I wish" and talking about what they want, what they are seeking wish. out of life. <laughs> yeah, and um, it's kind of going through, just setting up some. Oh, what is the word? Epilogue? Is that the word? No, exposition. Exposition. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I knew that was not, not the correct word. Um, yeah, just saying exposition. Yeah, epilogues after. Yes. Yeah. Um, just setting up exposition for the story and. Uh, allowing us to get a feel and general familiarity with the characters, which I will say, of all the ways to verbally deliver exposition in a story, I think by song is the best way, mm-hmm. at least in my opinion. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Even for non-musicals, if you're thinking how we're going to like talk about the plot, yeah, just start singing. It's fine. Start singing. It's <laughs> the best way. Um, start yeah. number. Yeah. So this is when I was just like, I didn't know that Anna Kendrick had a soprano like that because yep. it is it is so clear and beautiful that when she went off screen for a second, I was just like, is that her singing? Yeah. But she's just yeah. very cool. talented. So yeah, Anna Kendrick plays um, Cinderella. Sorry. If you're not familiar with her, our friend David Veith will hunt you down. <laughs> yes. Um, he has a poster she... of her that I gave him. Nice. Yeah. Um, Pitch Perfect, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, Twilight, 50-50. She's in a bunch of crap. Yeah. Crapping stuff, not bad stuff. When when the song started, um, like as soon as Anna Kendrick stepped into the scene, it gave me very deep Sweeney Todd feels. Yeah, I <laughs> wrote that down to- well, so I mean, many times. It's, it's same. Oh yeah, composer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I yeah I wrote that down. I can tell because pick a time signature. <laughs> oh my gosh, for real. Um, Just pick one. Run with it for at least a couple of minutes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I said the same thing. 
Uh, and again, like it makes sense because Stephen Sondheim wrote both of them, and Stephen Sondheim is mm-hmm. very, um, very well known for using music in a conversational way. So, uh, which is why, as we talked about during the Sweeney Todd episode, his time signatures are so inconsistent because he's trying to mimic sort of conversational speech. And mm-hmm. and I, I think that was one of the things that um, I did really like about this uh, movie is that they i think they did a really good job of nailing that i think that's a very hard thing to keep up with especially again with a lot of the wit and the quickness of a lot of his lines um which again i wrote down some of them and i think i think that the actors did a very good job of like keeping up with the music and and in this into the woods um it was a lot it was very clear like the the lyrics were clear as opposed to like sweeney todd a little bit more dark and hidden in my opinion mm-hmm. where this is like there's there's no ambiguity what they're saying yeah like there was some clever wordplay but there wasn't a lot of hidden um innuendo and mm-hmm. like hidden meaning that you had to kind of cipher out so yeah that's a fair point um so cinderella wants to go to the ball mm-hmm. she's cleaning and then we see jack from uh jack and the beanstalk story played by daniel huddlestone mm-hmm. um who was also in uh Les Nin. My favorite part of the introduction of Jack is when his mom explains that uh, cows are boys or male rather, <laughs> yes. and, I was just like, and oh, he just looks at her it's... and like Jack doesn't understand sex and gender, <laughs> and she just back. No, no, no. It's 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 not even that. She Tracy Ullman, who plays Jack's mother, Tracy Ullman show, Tracy breaks the news. Mm-hmm. You know, um, she was also uh, whatever. What's the main guy's name in Corpse Bride? You remember his name? I've only seen it once ever, so I know. Okay, well, she also voiced his mother. Oh. Um, But she says, how many times do I have to tell you? This isn't the first, it's not just like, you know, cow anatomy. It's like as simple as like, hey, the cow played by Tug the Cow. Tug the Cow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which is a (laughs) hilarious name for a cow. Yes. Um, Is a female animal mm-hmm. it's been many many times over explained mm-hmm. to young young stupid jack yeah and it, it very much bothers me um yeah so okay here's the thing when we see oh maybe we haven't quite when uh when the stepsister like when she's singing about oh how i want to go to the festival and all mm-hmm. this stuff and they like knock over the bowl and say like oh when you clean up the lentils and mm-hmm. all do all this other stuff then you can come to the which festival. is a part of the original yep. yes yes it was yeah. here's my problem though how did she know she could control the birds with her voice okay well, and if I she think already we're getting ahead knew, of ourselves yeah it's... i think we're getting ahead of ourselves i think it's a, it's a little bit because we do establish the wishes of cinderella jack mm-hmm. and the baker and the wife yeah and then we go into more information yeah. about like each of them and, that's fair and, i was just talking about cinderella in general and in the original story yeah. it's like something that's known like in the intro of that story so it's not oh. something as a viewer of this movie that we understand but like in the actual fairy tale like the and it was doves huh in the fairy tale mm-hmm. it was doves yeah. doves and not ominous <laughs> excuse me <laughs> what is your problem birds. with blackbirds um nothing Racist. i made a stained oh. glass uh, i i have a stained glass crow yeah and i've no, drawn many a really raven cool. um i guess my thing is just like if i had the power to control birds with my voice i would do that shit all the time for any uh, oh, reason i, I would not have enemies <laughs> i i assume it's canon in this movie that cinderella is a witch there's like <laughs> but like the other characters besides like yeah. the witch or like i guess rapunzel and that mm-hmm. one scene 
but like no one else can do like magic or like things like that. Yeah. Well, it's just it's really just Cinderella. Yeah. Not to get ahead of anything in the story, but like I made several oh, remarks ahead. about how like when a new character introduced a new magical thing, like a spell or mm-hmm. her singing ability, someone else is confused. Like there's not like magic around them. Oh no, yeah, it's not established. But then Cinderella was just like, oh yeah, I remember that exact scene you're talking about, especially with the birds, like at the end of the movie. Yeah. But Cinderella was just like, oh, harumph. Anyway, yeah. starts chanting demonically <laughs> for her loyal demonic servants, speaking to the dead. Um, yeah, yeah, so we so, established the wishes of all the main characters. So Jack, we have the baker and the wife. Yes, yeah, so, uh, the childless well. baker who wants a child. Um, we have Jack who really just wants this cow to that he thinks is a boy to produce milk. Um, and then, do we also Cinderella wants to go to the festival ball? Yes. Um, so they're all singing about these little wishes, and when we're in the... And then, uh, the baker and the baker's wife, played by James Corden and Emily Blunt. Fantastic pairing. I, I thought their voices um, sounded so good together. They did. James Corden wasn't my favorite in this. Interesting. Oh, that... I prefer him as Buster for Jones. He is... Oh, Buster yeah. for Jones is a And then treasure. I literally love everything Emily Blunt's in. I know, it makes me very sad that you didn't think that James uh, Corden was your favorite in this because literally my first note is oh he starts with the story i'm very comforted going into this because i forgot he was in oh it. yeah he's also he's also the narrator which is interesting because yeah. in the stage production there's a separate person as the narrator mm-hmm. yeah which i find really interesting um okay well the next after we like establish the wishes then we get to the stepsisters that's right yeah yeah, yeah. and um, then the stepsisters and the stepmother all of them fantastic yes <laughs> I love this. Okay, so stepmother, Christine Bereski. Mm-hmm. Um, Great choice. For we love her so much. I mean, we talked about how much we loved her when, in the Chicago episode. Mm-hmm. And, like, she's so good in Mamma Mia. I've been told so, I haven't seen it. Um, and, I mean, she's in Big Bang Theory. She's in everything, and yeah. she's so mm-hmm. accomplished. Um, she did such a good job. And I think she plays yeah. the kind of like how. Helena Bonham Carter plays like villains and stuff like that really well, like Bellatrix Lestrange and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I think she plays the sort of like haughty, highbrow, mm-hmm. uppity type character very, very well. Yeah. 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 Among many other and things that she's capable of playing well. And I wrote down that she up. was serving stepmother drag realness. <laughs> Facts. Correct. <laughs> um, that's a correct thing to say. Thank you. You can stay. Um, so then, first stepsister, Tammy, played by Tammy Blanchard. Um, who has been very prolific and very successful on Broadway, but she was also um, in uh, Guiding Light, um, uh, starring, you know, opposite Tay Diggs. Mm -hmm. Um, She played young Judy Garland in Life with Judy Garland, Me and My Shadows, and then the other stepsister, who... My favorite. Anything she's in, I love. Lucy Punch. Yes. Is so good. Which she also plays that type of character really well this is yeah this is her fourth like evil stepsister to cinderella (laughs) character is it really i knew it was at least her second we have into the woods Mm -hmm. we have um hattie in hell enchanted we have reagan in cinderella the 2000 movie and then um we have uh i cannot Uh, read my handwriting Mm -hmm. i forgot she was Um, in that finola Cinderella gay and fairy tales colon Cinderella in 2008. So this is like her fourth one. But 
Yeah, so this is when they, like, knock things over, and, like, yeah. they're saying how they're going to go to the ball, and they're like, fuck you, Cinderella, and Cinderella's like, you're right. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> um, I, I was going to say, I have next my notes, Red Riding Hood mm-hmm. is a thief. Yes. <laughs> that we all had. I wrote down, Little Red Riding Hood is a fucking klepto, and the baker's wife needs to nip that in the bud. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Yeah. But I did know later, I, she may be a klepto, but she's also a realist and an optimist. Yeah, but mostly a klepto. Mostly a klepto. <laughs> I mean. I was trying to give her credit. If it works. True, because he was just like, he was just like, you are, you're paying, are you paying for any of this? Like, you're just taking stuff? And Emily Pond's just like, no, let her take it, let her have it. And he's like, she's a thief. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> he's a businessman. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so we see. I really liked the actor that played uh, Red Riding Hood, Lila Crawford. She is so talented. She was actually um, uh, casted by uh, Lapine um, for the 35th anniversary of Annie. Oh, um, oh. She was casted as Annie. I can see that. She has an Annie voice. Yeah. She has that vibe. Yeah. She, she, yeah, she has a very Annie voice. Yeah, because she, she has a <laughs> yeah, slightly... Wow. She has a slightly... Um, it's not deep, but it's slightly deeper than you would necessarily expect for a girl of her age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it yeah. gives her more... Um, it gives her better tone, I feel like, in her voice, mm-hmm. um, which I, I think definitely gives her that more Andy style. And she gave me very uh, Dora the Explorer vibes as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she is great. So she's like at the bakery because she needs to get stuff for her. her grandma's like not feeling well. Is like I need to like take bread to her while she's like already eating all the things. All the there. bread, yes. So they, she like gets a lot of stuff, and she was like, "I don't have a basket." do you mind <laughs> and, and I love how she like, says but that, of course child and she says that like with a cookie shoved in her mouth <laughs> i'm just like yes girl. i want her metabolism <laughs> it's all that skipping she does oh my gosh oh, um that that's the secret <laughs> skipping uh, what do you guys think of the song so far like the music i love the prologue song like i don't really interesting because it's sets... this is one of the first prologue uh, prologue songs i don't like i don't know why though interesting. Hmm. for me I... especially male streep's part i just think it's dumb is she in the prologue in, in that section yeah i thought she was after the pro oh, no that was no. still oh in the yeah prologue. yeah she she's still prologue, in, i have prologue. in my uh my prologue notes yeah i have um, meryl streep is dramatic as fuck and kills an entrance and we love her for it um prologue <laughs> but yeah i i really like it because one it is classic steven sondheim style for that conversational style of music and again i think it's really he integrates the dialogue very very well with the actual singing um and i think the musical motifs that we see in the prologue really set up our understanding of the song so again mm-hmm. just like in sweeney todd um sort of peter and the wolf style how each not in this case it's not necessarily each character that has their own sort of theme or musical motif it's more the idea Mm it's like when they're singing um the i wish part there's a specific um melt like small melody that plays during that part and then when you hear that later in the movie again you know um it's normally when they are actively like wishing for that thing again or their wish is being fulfilled or something along those lines um yeah Yes, yeah, so I I think the the prologue sets that up for the whole movie, which is one of the reasons and I think I like it, it does that. I think it does that very well. Yeah, and um, but just like the sound of it, I don't know. There was just something off for me about it. See, I love it. It was 
because you know the entire rest of the musical is the sort of a similar sound. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I guess it was because it was fresh. Yeah, those that's themes like, are as good. Everything else, yeah, and like literally everything else, but especially I, the instrumental version. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Okay, oh. so thief, and then yes. we get into the lentils, mm-hmm. and so this is where we get into Cinderella's a witch. <laughs> yes, and she can just control birds with her voice, and um, is just cool with that, and decides to only use it. Um, for now, when her stepsisters or stepmother are gone, and I'm just like, I would be using that shit all the time, everywhere, mm-hmm. to defeat all of my enemies, and I would not have enemies because they would know well, not to fuck with me. That's because no. Cinderella's a good person. I am yeah. not. We've established this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was wild. Um, also, I want to point out when um, Red oh. was at the when Red was at the bakery. And she was talking about like, oh yeah, I have to get these over to my grandmother. And she's like, but for all I know, she's already dead. And then just like, I love on. that. I love that. <laughs> I thought of you when uh, when she said that. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I'll take that as a compliment. Um, um, yeah. So now we see Lewitch. Dehexa. No. No. That's the next note I have. I the ne- okay. So I have lentils and do char- chores. You can go to the ball. So she's a witch. Cow is a girl. Your best friend? This cow sucks. <laughs> um, and then just taking so much. Do you have a basket? Mm-hmm. For all I know, she's already dead. Parents said be good, but why? Um, Cinderella again. Also, and are I her said, parents fight still back. alive? Because why? I mean, no, that was, they're both that was dead. Cinderella's parents, but like uh, Red Riding Hood's parents. Her mom is. Her mom was. At this point of the movie. Okay. Because her mom sent her presumably to the shop to get yeah, she said that, that that makes sense that makes sense that makes sense okay and then i said have uh fight back peck out her eyes um, <laughs> and then i have the witch from next door mm-hmm. male street see okay so here's my thing i which one very much like i very much like male street mm-hmm. that goes without saying um although not for some people but and it's really funny because this is like a, a third kind of big um, movie that both Emily Blunt and Meryl Streep have been in. And there was yeah. this one really funny, um, I, I, I don't know if it was like a talk show interview or something like that, but Emily Blunt said something. I was like, yeah, they got asked the question. I was like, you've been in so many movies with Meryl Streep. What do you think about that? And uh, Emily Blunt is just like, yeah. <laughs> why you keep on following me get your own career meryl <laughs> i just love emily blunt she's so great. much and the get the, the little clip that she has she's like oh my god it's kate perry <laughs> have you seen that one yes yeah so the witch is there and she was like you gotta do me a solid and they're like what are you talking about the witch next door that blows down the door rats so everywhere how rude <laughs> <laughs> blouse <laughs> that was funny Raven, that, good job that was funny that got me thank you oh, you should be proud of yourself I just, nice proud of you i just love how she like came into their house into their house yep and was like oh by the way uh, i put a curse on y'all's family and by the way i need to do this thing <laughs> bitch you can't get like, pregnant <laughs> they were just um, fine with yeah. it and we and they're, we they're find fine, out but they were just like what oh we're never bitch, gonna what? get through this no, prelude they, um this prologue um but yeah this is the point of the story we find out that the baker's dad um pissed off the witch Mm -hmm. which i didn't understand if like so the baker's dad was uh his wife was pregnant with their like second child Mm -hmm. 
and she, all, she just wanted like anything like green like green vegetables that's all she wanted greens um and so Which he went to sneak over to steal them why can't you ask yeah. is that the only greenery like in your town can't you not there's like no buy market. some somewhere else there's you yeah, you you're yeah you could just walk the door and be sense. like hey could i have some cucumbers like <laughs> that's that simple just you know good old neighborly what's the word affection treatment respect hospitality sure yeah that (laughs) i don't talk to my neighbors so um also she cursed she cursed his entire line and basically made him sterile because his dad stole some of her vegetables and i was like that's petty boots like that's so rude and then yeah petty boots and then she takes the child um but he takes like the beans on his way out and her and then, mother said if she ever lost the beans she would be like an old hag which is also petty boots like yeah. it's just this whole family's petty <laughs> yeah and what i didn't understand was like i placed this curse on your house does that mean if they live somewhere else they would be fine i thought about that I, say too. I like that but i also think they mean like house in the yeah i wasn't sure uh not monarchical like, but uh well monarchical but uh genealogical yes sense yeah <clears throat> my enti- on your house um, my enti- and my- which is like the beginning like this part of the story is <coughs> um like the beginning of the grimm's tale for rapunzel mm-hmm. yeah because like rapunzel being like a leafy green yeah. in- <laughs> my favorite line from this entire section um just because i think it's an illusion is when she says uh that's another story never mind and she goes on with oh, her rant yeah. I love that because it says the fact that later on all it's the Rapunzel. stories are going to come together and it's going full circle. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. I liked that too. That they kind of hinted at some of the different elements that they were combining there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which so we- then the baker finds out he has a sister, and then I wrote down it's like Rapunzel question mark. Um, good job, Campbell. You were correct. Um, <laughs> I had no clue. And then in order for them to break the curse, here's like the you know important part of the song. Um, that they have to get four items before the blue moon in three days, like, ends or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they have to get a cow as white as milk, um, a cape as red as blood, mm-hmm. hair as yellow as corn, and... Bothered, um, right? um, <laughs> yeah, and then like, a slipper as Angelica pure as gold. Angelica for the Rugrats. Yeah, as pure as gold. Yeah. Um, and so then she, like, tells them all this. Then we go to Cinderella. Oh. Yeah, and so then she tells him all of this and says, "Okay, you need to get me all of these things by midnight on the third night from tonight." And then she fucks off and disappears. And here's my thing: she does this very dramatic, like cape flare and smoke and disappearing. And I'm like, "Okay, but you live next door. Like, you could have just walked out the door that you broke down. You didn't." Raven, need to be are that you dramatic. telling me if you had these powers, you wouldn't use them? Constantly? I'm not telling you that at all because I 100 would. I just feel like you could have just walked out the door. <laughs> my thing is, this is not the first. House she could have. She, probably... she had the physical capability, <laughs> correct? But is that is that what the show calls for? Mm. Absolutely not. Well, this is. I like to believe that this isn't the first house she's been to today. <laughs> she's gone to every single house on the block. But no, she's but she like a lot of knows the family. Well, it's a small that's village. Fair. But her neighbor on the other side could have stolen some of her veggies, too. Maybe she's just jumping back and forth between them, just like, And, hey. and then she just murdered him. Well, she a <laughs> No, he was single. There was no fun in that, so just let her start. 
Oh, yikes. Okay. With a rusty hatchet. Um, but then, yeah, so I think we go back to Cinderella after this. Yes. And we start to see the parts kind of come together. So she starts singing the I Wish again. Um, and they're all going into the woods and singing various parts um, from previously in the song. And, and th- this is when she brings the lentils to her stepmother. Mm. Oh, yes. Or like tells her, it was like, I did it. And, and she's just like, like, you don't have the clothes, you don't have the look, like, you don't have the shoes. You can't come. You're hard, hot garbage. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she is kind of a hot mess at this point. Like, let's be real. Yeah. Um, and she just said to a bunch of birds to pick their food off the floor um, <laughs> from Ash. Like, I, she, she's not the cleanliness. <laughs> and then, and then, okay, yeah, so her stepmother is just like, yeah, you look a hot mess. You can't come to the festival. Um, so then she's like, I know. I will go visit my mother's grave in the woods. And does a summoning ritual and she's, in the graveyard. She's a witch. She's a witch. I she she literally says like, oh, no, what I'm going to do. Oh, obviously, I must go to the graveyard to solve my problem. She's a witch. <laughs> well, in the, in the actual Grimm story, um, you know, early on when her father was still being nice to her, he went to the market mm-hmm. and she wanted, he was like, oh, what, like, I'm going to the market. What do you want? And some sisters are like, you know, jewelry, perfume, dresses, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, I want a yeah. bush. I no, remember the, 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 a stick, that. the stick that knocks the first stick that knocks your hat off. Hickory, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Some version, it's a hazel bush, but in the other a hazel. Version, you're right. I, yeah. I just thought H. Which my, um, memory. Honestly, I don't know what a hazel bush looks like. Um, I don't know what most trees look like. So I was like. Is that what a hazel bush looks like? Oh, I can't talk. <laughs> I, I think it's fine. None of the, word, uh, the translation I read was like a branch. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, she has a. Which f- then she like planted, and it became like a huge tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she cried on it, and it it, it like expanded. Because she has expanded. magic powers. Yeah, because she is a witch. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but it was a beautiful tree. Honestly, yeah, I was, it was. I'm like, it oh, was. they chose like a weeping willow, which is kind of funny because she. Not funny. She but cries she on. She cries on the, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. Um, yeah, and so, yeah, so all the parts uh, start to kind of combine, and we see all of our main characters now venturing into the woods um, to achieve and fulfill their... No. Crazy woods. Oh, oh yeah, to I, achieve and fulfill their wishes. Oh, yeah, I wasn't saying you were wrong. Oh. <laughs> I was just like, uh, these woods, <laughs> they be woody. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. Cut. Edit that out, please. <laughs> In... Visually, um, I don't know how they didn't see each other running through the woods because they they pan out and they're literally. I like, assume they did, and they didn't. I didn't care. Maybe because they don't know each other. They're strangers at this yeah. point. Because a lot well, of times, a lot of these characters are like fuck them kids. Yeah. Well, here's my <laughs> thing though, because like, like the baker was needed that that cake, and literally he did see he, her afterwards. <laughs> she was over here on the right. I, he was you know, on the yeah, left. Yeah, it was, yeah, Matt's right here, um, and <laughs> I think this is the part of the movie that convinced me what the like true uh, like the message from the story is use the buddy system <laughs> okay we, honestly everything would be solved if they used that. the buddy system oh no there are definitely everything. other messages well, to get from this but that's the main one well the baker's wife wanted to and i wrote she did he was just oh like, yeah and she and he was like no this is my curse our and she was like uh bitch this is our house yep. which i was like yes i, I wrote down <laughs> Uh, yay feminism and gender equality because she's like this is my house too <laughs> she, she confronted she's him she's like this is my child <laughs> uh, yeah I love that yeah. 
Okay, so Cinderella is at the grave. Um, we find out her tears grew the tree because she's a witch. Um, well, she's not. The, then, it's not the only time we see tears uh, uh, have magical powers or bring something to life. Well, she was raised by a witch. That's facts. Yeah, that's fair. Continue. So then her mom is just in the tree, so she can summon ghosts. That's like a fun skill to have. <laughs> um, like. She's a necromancer. Okay, so she's played no, by Joanna know. Riding. The mom is played by Joanna Riding, mm-hmm. um, who has had um, uh, like four different nominations for Laurence Olivier Theater Awards, and like has won two of them. Ooh, the nice. one she won uh, for like a Best Actress in a Musical, specifically. Yeah. So the two she won were for her role in Carousel in My Fair Lady, and she was also nominated for Witches of Eastwick. Hmm. Relatable content Cinderella. <laughs> and guys and dolls which is also relatable another thing to support the cinderella's a witch theory she has familiars yes, yes, yes. she does yeah I mean, she also does in the original disney one gus gus demonic <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's canon listeners it's canon cinderella's a witch always has been <laughs> yeah burn her um always has been always will so this scene when she transforms into the golden dress. Very Sailor Moon. <laughs> it is so well done. Just the visual transformation uh, of her it dress. It was very well done. Well done. Yeah. It, like, With the leaves. It was very fall spooky. Mm-hmm. I literally, I literally blinked and realized her dress changed. <laughs> spooky, scary skeletons. And shivers <laughs> down your spine. Campbell, spoilers. Um, to our you know all of our fateful demise Um, yeah and so so then we go over to red riding hood and we get like into um fantastic beasts and where to find them i had the thought surprise johnny depp no (laughs) idea he was in this this and so again or not again but we get into the creepiest song and this would be our little girl. I I was deeply disturbed during yeah, this. Because scene. he's meant to be a pedophile. Yes. Yeah, yes. And I was just like That's the intention. I was just like, um so at first I wrote so I just saw him and I was like, okay, so Johnny Depp is in this, mm-hmm. but Hellebon Carter isn't blasphemy. But then I was like, <laughs> oh, but Johnny Depp's a pedophile. It but is. he's playing it well, but it's a bad character. It's so but I see the cringy. point of the story. <laughs> it's so, like at one point it's like it's uncomfortably sexual, but then he wants to eat her, which is very confusing. He refers to her as plump and supple, and she's like an 11-year-old girl, and I'm just like, I am deeply uncomfortable. Good. I'm uh, glad. You know what? We just passed the check. None of us are pedophiles. None of us are pedophiles. <laughs> we done it. Um, um, also, this is our peak. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So yeah. Uh, my, my, my note for this song is in all caps. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh my gosh. And also, okay. She is so she when he asks her, like, oh like where are you going or what are you doing or whatever like that. And gives um, the grandma's address. <laughs> she literally does. But also she's like, Oh, I'm bringing this bread to my granny. And it's like, bitch, we know we all know that bread ain't for your granny. That bread is a roadside <laughs> snack for you. I know, but like she does say later on, like I was like, How much bread? Like, do you still have the goodies, the baked goods for your grandma? I was like, I ate all the sweets and half the bread. <laughs> it's like, what you doing with it? It's like, girl, we all know. <clears throat> Besides yeah, the- and then he get like he in his trench coat, um, which also I wasn't sure. 
I because I knew very little about this movie. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure where they would go with the wolf. If it was going to be like anthropomorphic, or if they were going to be like you know an actual like wolf wolf, mm-hmm. what they were going to do. I did not think. Milady Johnny Depp was the way they were going to go. Uh, and, yes. and then we had the trench coat and literally had candy to well, lure the little girl. Uh-huh. It wasn't just a trench coat. It was a zoot suit. He was was it was. really? I did pay that much. It's, it's, it's a very loose... I would still call it a zoot suit. Okay. Or, I can't I, say I, it, I, I, I agree. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, which I made a note about it. It was very anachronistic. Anachronistic. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh... Which is the second problem with the scene. Um, yeah, um, among many. Um, and then also, he like hands her a flower. And uh, she's just like, oh, I can make a bouquet with this. And I was just like, a single flower does not a bouquet make. But then she but actually started making a bouquet. And I was just like, okay, I, I, I wrote words. down the same thing. Uh, yeah, no, I, I wrote down the same thing. I was just like, excuse me, little girl. A single flower is not a bouquet. You idiots. But then I was like, oh... Okay, she, is she just got the okay. idea there. Okay. Whatever, I concede. <laughs> I digress. In her defense, there was I'm more than felt one flower per stem. Um, okay, so then uh, the witch appears, and she's like, get the cape, you fool. Um, and then yeah. James Corden um, does a bad job at trying to get the <laughs> cape. Oh, he was a putz. Um, it was like, oh, this is a really good, really good cape. It's like, it? oh, where'd you get it? It's like, it looked pretty foolish on you. I was like, yeah, it looks great on you, uh, little red. <laughs> and then and he just steals it off of her. Snatches. Yeah, okay, yes. But. And then and she th- just starts screaming. <laughs> I As all children tend to do. <laughs> um, and then just wouldn't stop. And he's just like, okay, here you go. <laughs> but, it, okay, when he when he is taking it off her, and granted, James Corden's character in this movie is not the pedophile we've already established that's the wolf mm-hmm. but it still felt i just thought he and, was too comedic and the split in the split second when he was like which he can't help pulling off the bow yeah it just it, it looked it felt weird to watch but i was like i know you're just taking the cape but it still felt weird i didn't like it <laughs> yeah yeah oh. so then she screams her fucking lungs out um and I fully expected her to like kick him in the nuts yeah. when she got the cape back. It's not well, she way. stomped on his foot. She did. I did not expect him to do that. Oh. Back <laughs> but like, I, I, I'm glad she didn't kick him in the nuts because I already thought that James Corden in this role, um, like, uh, because like he can't help it. He's just funny and like, mm-hmm. like how he like gives lines and mm-hmm. like stuff. I thought it was just like too comedic, but I don't know if that's just like, into the woods. But I feel like that's more of a side character kind of bit. He does he does normally play that sort of side character, and I feel like he was kind of bringing that energy. Craig. But to me, oh Craig, but to me, oh, I did Craig still like that he had that comedic energy, especially in this scene oh, in particular, totally. because it avoided making it creepy. Like Johnny Depp's character was supposed to be creepy, creepy, and I feel like his oh, wasn't. and then he did so, the combination of uh, twenty nineteen twenty twenty cats and Twilight Wolf Lunge. <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was yeah. stupid and bad. Oh. I was like, this, like, this is stupid. What What are you doing, Johnny Depp? Uh, like, this is dumb. Was this the direction you were given, or is this you? I would like to think neither, because why would you think uh, that? Like, this is what I should be doing. This is dumb. Uh, <laughs> Agreed. Anyway, continue. Um, moving back a little bit, uh, before he snatches his little girl's cape, mm-hmm. unsuccessfully. Uh, cape, snatched. <laughs> um... Like we're, we're actually introduced to a new we're um, 
character? No, a qualifier by the witch. She introduces the idea of rules. Those rules. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. She can't, yeah, yeah. Matt, um, yeah. Talk about it. She just like forgot it. Appears in a tree. She loves trees. Oh, uh, yep. She shows up nowhere. <laughs> um, and, she's and then like, she like parkours off of it. <laughs> <laughs> Amazingly. Um, and she introduces the idea of like, oh, she can't touch any of it. He's yeah. like, oh, you go do it. And she goes, I can't touch it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then we see that uh, they like, like he gets the cow from Jack. And then Emily Blunt's character comes in and be like, oh, yeah, you forgot this. And he was like, I told you, like, stay home. This is dangerous here. Yeah. I was like, you literally can't do this without her. Like, <laughs> nope. Fuck up. And so they, like, see the cow. Um, I said that they already had the cow. That was incorrect. So yeah, they he see has the, the cow. He tried to get the cape and failed. Yeah, and yeah. failed. And so they go up to Jack and like, how are you selling cow? Five pounds. And Emily Blunt's like, oh, no. All we have are these magic, magic beans, beans that are worth at least uh, a pound each. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, oh no, don't take our beans. <laughs> um, and so it was like, oh, magic? How are they magic? Uh, the magic that defies description. <laughs> I think people's morals so far have been questionable up to this point. Oh, very much so, yes. <laughs> uh, especially the baker's wife. <laughs> especially now. This is the first outward expression of moral ambiguity <laughs> they yeah. lie to a child they, she, she, who doesn't know the difference oh yeah she's defrauding a child <laughs> yeah no because it's female <laughs> and because he's like oh can i buy the cow back someday and like james corden's like i don't know about that but emily blunt's like yes yeah. absolutely <laughs> lying to a child i'm ready for motherhood um <laughs> she was and he's like okay she um, whiz sure thing mister she was high um, nice in red riding hood even though she was stealing all of her wares and goods <laughs> yeah um and so then they like feel like shit and they're like this is the only way to have a child and then i wrote down adoption is an option <laughs> <laughs> adoption is an option also rhyming i appreciate it rude rude <laughs> um and then we hear for the first time um like rapunzel's like song Oh, and then that, that's no, when we Meryl don't. Streep disappears. No. This is the no. first time we hear this. And we get to the instrumental version of Rapunzel's hair. Before when Meryl Streep leaves, she leaves because she hears Rapunzel mm -hmm. singing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was before. My apologies. No, you're good. Um, so then we see one of the princes mm -hmm. that is... Coming in on a um, white steed, of course. Mm-hmm. Billy Magnuson, uh, uh, who he's also uh, been in a bunch of things uh, like The Big Short. Um, he was like in, in like the soap opera, like a mo like a lot of episodes as the world turns. But a fun quote of his, he was like, "I don't sing lead. I am not a lead singer, but I do sing stuff sometimes." Interesting. I strongly disagree. I disagree too. He was very he. He performed yeah. his song very, very well. Yeah. So he, so we see the prince on his steed go to the tower where Rapunzel is singing, and he's like listening up. And then he like the witch is like Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair. He's like, oh Rapunzel. Um, I have a major here issue. <laughs> is my issue with this entire fairy tale, but especially the way it's. Wow, I didn't shown think we were going to go here. You both were ready. <laughs> I feel very strongly about this okay. scene. That it's not Mandy Moore. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> but Mackenzie Manzi, uh, like, does such a good job. She's, I love her voice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. She's, she's very talented. Okay. So, two issues that are related. Okay. First off, 
the witch is like, you know, Rapunzel trying to let down your hair, blah, blah, blah. And she'd like, you know, walk inside the building. She can apparate. <laughs> she can't apparate. She can apparate. We've seen her fuck off and disappear and okay. reappear somewhere else twice. That's true. <laughs> um, so either That's just rude. one, the tower has like anti-magic protections, mm-hmm. which would make sense because she's trying to protect her from the outside world. Or two, and this is what I most strongly think about, is Rapunzel has the thickest plot armor in the entire musical. Literally the only way anyone knows anything about her is because the witch does something that they overhear. Facts. <laughs> also, another thing... But I... is that, like, so unlike... Well, no, except for the prince. Well, no, because the prince is also, like, watching. Mm-hmm. Like, he follows... Yeah, well, no, he follows no, no, I thought, I thought that your point... Yeah, I thought Yeah, I thought the point you made, like, the only reason people know about, like, Rapunzel and stuff is because of the witch. Yeah. That's, well, she... not, that's not the case for the prince. Well, yeah, no, because she can apparate, but she does the whole Rapunzel down her hair thing... And he's sitting there. So without the witch, he wouldn't have known. He wouldn't have known. To, that's how she let down her hair. That doesn't. But he would have known that she exists. He would have heard her singing. That, yeah, that she's yes, there. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. So but he yeah, he wouldn't have known about the whole another way hair. to yeah. get to her. Yeah. So then the prince, Rapunzel's prince, like falls down. <laughs> so we <laughs> find out funny. he's clumsy. Um, and then this is the point I was like, it does seem like the witch actually cares for Rapunzel. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. No, she definitely seems to have bonded with her. Because I just compare it to Tangled, where, like, the, she was the just like, Mother Gaithel was just using her. That's not the case here. So now we're at Granny's house. <laughs> and the baker is oh. there and sees the doors open. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. Before no, then. Red is there and sees the doors open. It's like, oh, that's kind of weird. Or it, maybe it's because you gave Mr. Wolf the address to her. <laughs> she thought it was weird and still went still in forward. It. Yep. Yeah, and then, like, classic Red Riding Hood, the wolf is in the bed, and then little grandchild is like, you look like shit. Cheers. Cheers. Okay. Drink three! So, yeah, so we're at um, her grandmother's cottage. She doesn't recognize the wolf for some reason. Um, and then he swallows her whole. And then we see James Corden's character come along. And he comes in, he sees the wolf sleeping. After a nice big kill, which yes, but yeah, so he he happens upon the wolf, <laughs> slumbering, yeah, slumbering peacefully after his large uh, Thanksgiving meal, and here's my thing. So the wolf still Johnny Depp still mm-hmm. just looks normal sized, and his belly is full. It's engorged um, and bulging out, but still just like after a normal very big meal. But you can hear Red, you can hear Red and her grandmother screaming from inside. Mm-hmm. Magic is a thing that exists. Cool. So then James Corden's character comes up. Well, he's also not a wolf wolf. And he's not. Uh, James Corden's character comes up and just like stabs into his stomach with the knife. And I'm like, you Well, it's don't... also moving. Yeah, but like, you don't know how mm. big. This actually, you don't know that his stomach is a target. But that's yet. the reality he lives in. In the Into the Woods uh, prologue song, they do talk about wolves. But like, I just feel like he could just as just as easily have stabbed them in the process of trying to extricate him. <sighs> extricate him. Oh from no! The- <clears throat> I okay, I agree with that. Yes. <laughs> but they did. Yeah, like I, I don't think it necessarily had to. Have, but I'm just like you took no precautions to actually attempt not to harm them in the extrication process, and it bothered me. 
So at this point, oh, wait, you um, okay. No, I want to talk about the stomach sting. Ah, how it's very okay. yeah, that, That's what I'm getting to. Um, okay, so then we get to the thing, the song. Yeah. Okay, um, Red and Granny are saved. The grandmother, a Granny, what an amazing actress! Like his, <laughs> like the things like that she's been in. She is so talented. Um, Annette uh, Crosby is. She was Catherine of Aragon um, in like the 1971, like the Six Wives of Henry the Eighth, mm-hmm. and like that was like such a good role for her. She's been like literally a million things, but my favorite thing, she was uh, Galadriel, um, the Lady of the Elves, in the 1970 animated Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah, she is so amazing. So that who plays the grandmother? So then Red comes out. Be like, oh, thank you so much for saving us. Um, and it was like, Granny is asking, oh, are you going to help us skin it? Because you're a hunter. And it's like, I'm not a hunter. I'm like yeah. a baker. Like, what I'm just a baker that has a knife. I like the, the fact that I had a knife in the first place yeah. is amazing. Which is a real nice the song. The I knew things now. Mm-hmm. And this is where we like kind of, I, okay, I do like this about Into the Woods, where a lot of like the main plots of these fairy tales we don't see. Mm-hmm. We do not see uh, Red all the time, like doing the things she's doing. We do not see Jack climbing the beanstalk, doing the things he's doing. We do not see Cinderella interacting at the ball. Yeah, like yeah. we don't see those things. We're seeing the after effects and like from like you know because it's really there's side characters to this. Yeah. So I'm glad I haven't seen that perspective for these fairy tales before. So I do appreciate that. I agree. Perspective, Little Red Riding Hood's perspective of being in the stomach. Didn't care and for being it. Eaten. Did not appreciate it's like, it. It's like uh, uh, when Coraline is going in between the worlds, like going through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You you know what I'm talking about, Raven? Have you seen? Yes, Coraline? yes, I yeah. have. Yes. Okay, so when she's going in between, the and it's two like the worlds, like tunnel yeah. type. Of, yeah, yeah. It's like those. Um, yeah, those, like, tunnels that you'd set up for, like, children mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just, like, moves around a bunch. Yeah. That's what it looked like. And the color scheme of Coraline in that world. Mm-hmm. When it, she went to the... She slid into the stomach and it was a cavernous area that her grandmother was still there. Chew your food, Johnny Depp. <laughs> it made me think of cats. Why? Just... Oh, the proportions. The proportions. Okay. Yeah. I, I second the, that. The, I, the I lighting, the proportions, everything made me think of cats. Yeah. Um, the movie. Did, did not care about oh. it. Oh. So, so, like, uh, we're at the song, I Know Things Now. So, this yes. is when we see, like, what, like, happens to her. She got eaten. She gets swallowed. Um, she's in, like, a cave in the stomach. We don't know how Don't that understand works. it. It's the cave of wonder. Didn't but she kept on saying, like, she keeps on getting excited and scared, and mm. that made me uncomfortable. Made me extremely okay, uncomfortable. I don't like that. Why? Why? So I, I thought the song, I, I thought she performed it well mm-hmm. of the songs yes. in the musical. I like her voice, and yeah. she was, a, she's a good actor. Oh, yes. Of so. the songs in the musical wasn't really one of my preferred ones, but I think she performed yeah. it well. And like, but it wasn't think... the best one, but it was the worst. <laughs> I love just, because, just kidding. That's just like a little girl. This, this song does tie up her storyline, though. Even though yes. she's uh, in the musical throughout, it ties up her storyline. And it lets you see, like, from her perspective what happened. And I think this song is very interesting from it. Again, the wolf's character is made out as an 
aggressor. We'll say that. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And so to me, like, the I, the specific wording of the song is we all know like words have connotations and the specific word that you use really tells the story it helps Trump. <laughs> and helps evoke the specific feelings you're referring to and the specific way that the lines in the the song are worded to me is i don't even know if it's necessarily an allegory or just a direct telling mm-hmm. of this timeline and the storyline of a young child and an abuser you know where she's talking about um how he he was like so kind to her he was so nice and he like drew her in and then he like led her down this dark path like all this type of stuff where she was kind of sucked into his presence you know Mm -hmm. i just think it's very interesting the way the story is told and especially um towards the end of the song where she says nice is different than good and i Mm -hmm. know that i love love that truer words have never been said love that and yeah as much that's have... like yeah the if that's what you learn as a child you are mm-hmm. leagues above your peers yes. if you can even call them that at that point yeah and though i think this musical is problematic in many ways what i like about it mostly that... this part hmm? mostly th- this part. i think the hello little girl was problematic. no there's there's issues later we'll get to that's, that's problematic. Right. oh there's plenty of issues yeah. yeah um my what i do like about this musical is that it confronts those problematic things in a positive light. Yes. Um, yeah, because with the, the the thing with like things that are problematic, that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Yes. Oh yeah, 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 yes. yeah, yeah. And and I like that rather than focusing on the obvious trauma that she experienced, they're focusing on what she learned from that and how she can grow and be wiser. And from a narrative perspective, it's the first time we're introduced to the idea that the the woods changes the person. Yes. Because which is a major yes. scene throughout oh, the school. That's yes. important. Oh, that's that's a very Correct. good analysis. It's not yeah. new. Um, My degree is political science, like so like <laughs> <laughs> I also really like this part because she was like she does give the hood to mm-hmm. the baker. Mm-hmm. And she was like, Hey, capes and hoods won't protect me. I was like, Yes, especially because you're going into the woods wearing bright red, you <laughs> dumb shit. <laughs> Uh, and which, so anyway, she's like, instead, she's going to get a new one made from the hide of the wolf. Which was the just like, didn't have yes, a hide. So that's done. Done deal. Yes. Got it. Okay. So, so then, then um, we go to beans, exclamation <laughs> point is what I wrote down in my notes. Uh, <laughs> like uh, even Steven's fanfic. Um, yeah. We're back at uh, Jack's house with his mom. Yeah. And she's just like, you traded the cow you again i've said this before on the podcast but like you dense motherfucker (laughs) okay but again to be fair you sent like a 10 year old boy Mm -hmm. to do this and that you already know is an idiot that you already know what he thinks boy cows milk like give milk for one even after you explained it multiple times um so we've established he's not the brightest um or at least the most focused but he is the dimmest (laughs) That's a fun variation um, of the bit. <laughs> and so you sent this 10-year-old boy who has shown no ability to really f- like focus on the practical and the pragmatic. Critical thinking is and, not his strong and, Yeah, and, and exercise critical thinking. You sent this little boy off to the woods, off to the market to sell this cow that he loves, and you're surprised when he screws Why it up? Why didn't she do it? <laughs> I don't understand. 
Anyway. And then she's just like, off to bed without supper for you. And I was just and like... And then, in, in like the, the soundtrack, the music, the titles of these songs, like the interludes oh, and I like the instrumental them. versions, they all have like titles to it. I really like the one for the Beanstalk Rose. Um, specifically for the use of the glockenspiel that um, friend, uh, yeah. friend brother's mine calls the rockenspiel, um, <laughs> which I think used correctly, um, it's the same way I feel about the oboe. It like because like the that high pitched kinds of instruments cuts through everything. Yeah, I so feel it like... just adds a level of I don't know what the word is, but like elegance. That's not exactly what I mean. Yeah. But it just, like, completely fills out such a complete composition of music. Like, these really cutting instruments. Yeah, it's it's treated as a joke instrument, but, like, almost every instrument in existence, when used correctly and in the proper context, it can add just such a depth to the music. Depth. That's the correct... Yeah, that's why I was trying to think of. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, think, then, I think it was okay. done very well here. Okay, so we see the beanstalk grows, but then we cut back to Cinderella. So she. Oh, went we also to the see. We I, don't, I don't know if it's necessarily super important, but we also see that the beans, when they hit the ground, they do that little flash thing, and then like yeah. they will start growing, like which they kind sploosh. of yeah, like so and you know that like when they do that, that's they're they're planted. Yeah, magic, which is important. Thank yeah. you for bringing that up. So we're at Cinderella. She went to the ball. The prince danced with her, but she's running away. Then we find out the prince is Chris Pine. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which at this point I said I literally wrote down, Chris Pine? Why are you here? You can't sing. And then later I was like, Chris Pine can sing? So here's my thing. <laughs> okay. Chris Pine, if you don't know who that is, again, like how? how he's like one of those like the hot Chris's. Um There's so many of them at this point. Uh, Star Name Trek uh, James else. T. Kirk, who's from Iowa. Yes. You're welcome, Which Papa. my Iowan friend is very happy about. Shout out, Iowa. Um, yeah, he was like, he was Steve in Wonder Woman. He voiced Jack Frost in Rise of the Guardians. Oh! Um, but most importantly, he was the love interest in The Princess Diaries' royal engagement. Mm-hmm. Yes. Nicholas Devereaux. <laughs> so. Uh, needle pulling thread. <laughs> I love, love that it. reference so much. Um, so it's going to be our Prince. 100th episode. Years from now. So the so the Big Bad Wolf is problematic. Yes. Cinderella's Prince is so problematic. Okay, uh, okay. So okay the thing enough, about that though, it's explained and it makes sense. So interestingly enough... In it a it lot doesn't of mean he's not problematic, but... It's at least explained. Yeah, yeah. so in a lot of productions, the Cinderella's princess character and the wolf's character are actually mirrored in that sense because of their, like, the hunger of their character, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so in a lot of productions, they're actually played by the same actor on purpose to oh. show... Yeah, to show... The lust. The, yeah, the, the lust, lust, the hunger, the appetite. Not inherently sexual but like the definition of like what lust is yes is. yes well it's because i wouldn't consider cinderella's prince sexual he does things in the musical uh, did you watch the same movie as we did <laughs> no, no. Well, in a different it's, sense it's a different sense like, <laughs> yeah no like, I, I got you yeah, I, like, like, I understand. he does things that are sexual but it, like it's it's more like a deep lust that's like 
of like it's, it's ha- a not hunger. like it's not a having hunger. The, yeah, yeah. It, it's a hunger yeah. for obviously like the he like I mean the thing he even talked about himself is like his privilege and like the things that he has at his disposal and ability to get. Yeah. yeah. This was literally the one thing that evaded him. So he lusts after that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I did like in this, okay, so Cinderella like falls down and stuff, and then the baker's wife sees her and is like, Oh my god, are you okay? Yeah. And then just like, oh, sees the shoe. At this point she does seize the shoes, mm-hmm. but like she like runs away, she can't get them. But then the prince and the riders and the steward comes like, Have you seen her? And Emily Blunt's character is like Solidarity, mm-hmm. you seen predatory. It's like, oh, she went in the other Because he's literally hunting her yeah like he even says later on like um to capture my damsel or something like that it's like he is actively seeking out and hunting her yeah through the woods so cinderella (laughs) is like hidden at this point they leave and then we get into the song a very nice prince which i really like the theme of this song it was like everything i've ever wanted all i ever wanted hyphen billy eilish that's a really good song um which is not the same meaning as this song oh, i was thinking of the like, prince of egypt song nice um but this song is really for cinderella it was like yes the life i'm living right now i'm myself but like my situation is terrible i'm miserable this is what i dream to be but even though i'm at that point like yeah he's he's nice it's nice i'm in a good situation but it's not necessarily what she wants yeah, yeah. or um, what she needs or what she deserves and that kind of awareness of your situation, I do really like. Because there's a lot of people, they're like, if I get to this point, I'll be happy. If I get to this point, I'll be happy. Happiness comes from within. It's not... Yes. Yeah, and I think it's interesting, along that same line, and and coming, like, backing off of that, I think it's really interesting how Emily Blunt's character is just like, oh, how is the prince? Is he charming? Is he nice? I've heard he's charming, blah, blah. And Cinderella... Honestly, isn't even thinking of the prince. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah the dance she, was fine. It was, like, fun dancing. It was nice to get out of the house, you know, blah, the blah, The baker's blah. wife was like, oh, I've never lied to a, a royalty before. I've never done anything with royalty before. Yes. <laughs> this, this is actually one of my favorite. Foreshadowing. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> this is actually one of my favorite parts of the film is when they uh, first interact. Because, like, you know, when, when she falls over, they're like, like, why are you here? And... The baker's wife's like, oh, my husband's trying to break a spell. And she's like, Cinderella's like, uh-huh. It's like, girl, you sing the birds and have a magical tree. <laughs> you are <tree."> a witch. <laughs> yeah. Don't look so at I'm her like she's she stupid. has higher standards for herself because she understands her worth. <laughs> Facts. Yeah. I, that was not a joke. Okay, so yeah. A very nice prince is like all of that. Um, and then during this, the cow runs off. Mm-hmm. Milky yes. White runs off um is this also the same point where um we get the first stroke of midnight uh yes after the cow runs off the witch like we see the moon and the the witch appears and says like that's your first midnight gone and she's like oh no i gotta find the cow yeah it's very like legend of zelda majora's mask like end of Cannot the first relate. day <laughs> i never played legend i hate i'm aware as people. that that game exists i think you're bad. that is the extent I... of my knowledge of it yeah. Okay. So, so we go. So back. then we see, uh, like, at Jack's house, mm-hmm. and Jack's mom like wakes up, and there's a beanstalk in her face, and she's just <laughs> yes. like screaming. I laugh. The people in this movie got some lungs. I just wanna. Their screams carry. 
there's nothing I appreciate more than a good scream. Honestly. Which is such a weird thing to say. <laughs> but like, that's on brand. Out of context, that's concerning. <laughs> so, Jack's mother's screaming. I laughed for like five minutes. Because <laughs> it was so pure. Jack's mother is, so is my favorite side character. Honestly. Because even at the beginning, in the prelude, or uh, prologue. Prologue. She yeah. hears Cinderella. Well, presumably she hears the birds. Mm-hmm. But Cinderella is singing and she the birds, the birds. The birds. And she like peeks out the like little crack in their house. And she's, <laughs> she's like, just that's like, weird. What the that's fuck like... is happening? <laughs> so that's like why I laughed during this scene. Because she's just like, just full of emotion. It's like, this is weird. Yeah. yeah. So at this point, uh, we see Jack going to the baker it was like hey i have five gold pieces now i can buy pa- buy back the they're cat. giant gold pieces obviously the gold the saucers giants. yeah and he talks about here i went up the beanstalk and there's this big lady giant that like gave him food and rest honestly it seems like we came friends with her yeah they bonded she a seemed bit. lonely they bonded and then he was like so i stole from her again. <laughs> i was like what is like, you could have, like, asked, was like, hey, I'm poor. Can I have some money? This would, like, get us a long way. But he was like, oh, The children in this story in this uh, movie are uh, concerning. <laughs> I think we've established that. <laughs> yeah. And then um, we get to, then we see, like, the baker and the baker's wife come together. And it was like, oh, yeah, where's the cow? Uh, I was like, oh, that's a good question, husband <laughs> of mine. Um, and then we, like, it's like a little brief, like, who cares by the witch? And she parkours oh, off the tree. We also, the song, Giants in the Sky. Mm. That's one of well, my favorites. Where we yeah. actually see Daniel Huddlestone, like, really sing and perform for the first time in the song. Yeah. Oh, that's true. I yeah. did miss that. Um, so He's talented. Yes, he is... And so incredibly talented. This song, like, I think, I think it's a good song. I don't know that Fuck me necessarily sticks out to me in any way, but except for his performance, obviously, because I forgot it. <laughs> well, here's why it does stand out. It's the same way that um, Little Red Riding Hood's. Um, I know things now. Yeah. Yes. It's because yeah, it wraps the up. The reason I didn't talk about it because I thought this was. I also wrote down all the instrumental songs, and I mm-hmm. thought that this was one of them. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um. It's different than the regular musical motifs yes. um, because it's wrapping Good up his motif. story. Um, facts. <laughs> but yeah, like one of the things, and I, I think it's interesting, Matt, that you bring that up, that um, again, we talked about at the beginning how the prologue sets the musical motif for the entire movie. And almost every other song in the movie conforms or incorporates that motif in some way, except for the two songs sung by the children. Mm-hmm. They are, which is important. Yes, they are. They like these songs are entirely unique in almost every way, and they're very different rhythms. They actually, unlike a lot of the other songs, they do have fairly consistent time signatures, and they are telling. They're telling the story of the perspective of the child. Mm-hmm. So, with I know things now, it's telling her story, and like uh, dealing with the wolf and everything she went through with giants in the sky it's telling jack's story and what he experienced i love that rihanna, the... rihanna song <laughs> giants in the sky oh like giants in yeah the sky. 
Um, Cut that out. <laughs> it's telling the story of. Please don't. No, my, my I singing. Loved that I said that. <laughs> it's telling the story Include of. Include it all, bitch. <laughs> it's telling the story of Jack's experience climbing up the beanstalk and interacting with the giants and everything. And I think I think it serves two purposes. I think one, it really serves to hey. highlight the wonder um, and the magic of the world seen through a child's eyes. Like I think um, the entire way that they are experiencing the world. If you consider their world being experienced through the music that they're singing along with and and hear it that, that we're hearing, so yes, I'm with you. And the fact that the children's music Two. and the children's songs are entirely different, it's it gives you a different emotion. It evokes a different feeling in a sense when you're listening to it. And I, I think that's a really good point, and I think it's also kind of. So, like, the experiences of the children, that, like, I think it can be said, like, the reason behind that their music and their songs that they sing just by themselves are so much, like, really just them, there's nothing like it. Mm-hmm. But all the other adults, they, like, it does sound, like, somewhat similar. So I think it yeah. also goes to, like, the losing of childhood and, like, youth and, like, that kind of wonder. Exactly. They're, they're that both mature. Yeah. But it's a world that's innately magical, but that the adults choose to ignore. And then, like, we go, like, I think we'll talk more about this, but that, uh, like, children never listen kind of thing. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, they're always listening. The whole song. Yeah, but it's what's, it's what's being said is being emphasized and it's being expressed by the children throughout the entire movie. Exactly. It's when the children, like really like sing the same kind of songs as the adults that's when it's like oh that's like kind of like positive message being sent otherwise it's like them against the world yeah um so okay so yeah um they're like okay who cares you have to find the cows so um the witch um yeets off the tree yeah they're like oh let's separate let's like fucks off to nowhere and then we see both princes cross paths Mm-hmm. So at this point, brothers. like they say, brother, they which brothers? I love that because they run past each other and then and you then hear back. the horses start coming back. Yeah, I I find it really interesting. I remember when we saw, um, so we we knew Cinderella was here and was going to the ball, and then we saw Rapunzel's prince, um, like going to her tower, and I was like, oh, I wonder how they're gonna reconcile the, both the two, like quote-unquote Prince Charming's, um, although I think Rapunzel's was Prince... No, that was Sleeping Beauty, so it was Prince Philip. No, they were both... Well, yeah, that was Prince Philip. They're both in this... In, in, into the woods, it's Cinderella's Prince and Rapunzel's Prince. Yeah. 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 Well, in the, in this scene in particular, when I'm talking about their 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 girls, if you will. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> and then the baker's wife is there listening on to them. Yeah, which is where Rapunzel's plot armor comes... But I don't know if plot armor is the right word here. But, like, um, it comes into play, because we'll get into it later, but, like... Oh, because she only knew about... About I some know, things. I have the yeah, same thoughts. Because of conversation. I, 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 don't, I don't think that's a problem, though, because that's not no, Prince no, no, directed. No. That's Prince directed. Yeah. That, that's just, like, the story. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying, like, for Rapunzel, it's the only character where this happens to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Besides, like, the... Yeah, you, you're right. You're right. Um, and I, I, at this point, they're, like, crying, trying to say, like, what's going on. Mm-hmm. And they get into the song, like, the line, like, none would run from us. Yikes. 
Okay, so then we get into the song Agony. And so at first, like, Cinderella, which is, like, it's just a good song. Oh, yes. Like, this is one of the songs I'm like, this is just a good song. Mm-hmm. Which, like, other songs I enjoyed, and I, like, enjoyed the singing. But the entirety of it, I was just like, it's fine. Agony, I was like, I'm into it. I really it, liked this song. It also gave me slight, um, purely from the melody, it gave me slight memory vibes. Except mm-hmm. the end of the melody went down instead of going up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so the, the song starts off with Cinderella's prince was like, did I abuse her? Did I speak rudely? Like, what's going on? Why did she run away? And, like, his self-esteem definitely struck for the first time in his entire life. Which, this is the only and, time in the movie that I was like, good on him for being like, oh, was I mean or hurtful or abusive to her? And that's why she wasn't interested in but me? But I do think but it's in everything the context of... <laughs> Yeah, literally everything after this. But I think when he says that, it's the context is like, because that's how courting goes. Not necessarily <laughs> those are the characteristics I should uh, like seek for myself in the person. But I'm just that's like, fair. hey, this like logically, maybe it's those things that she mistook. See, I saw it more as those are the only possible reasons a woman could not be interested in me. <laughs> I mean, he like, and then he like dismisses that. He was like, yes. but I'm a prince. And that fixes everything. I don't understand. Yeah. And then we see uh, Rapunzel's prince. It was like, says that story. And that he's like, you know what really agony is, is this. She's like trapped in the tower. She has no way down. And she she wants me, but she can't have me. If she had the (laughs) option, we would definitely be fine. And then he like sings like her little song, which I did like. And they're like, agony worse than you is like yeah. themed in the beginning and part I love of this how song. They're Not like the competing. end, but the beginning. They're so part. dramatic. They're competing to be the most melodramatic Prince Charming. Yeah, because like Chris it. Pine like tears his shirt dramatically. <laughs> and then Billy Magnuson then... tears his shirt too. <laughs> but like, like, like. And but he, he, he like sees, he's like, oh yeah, me too. Yeah. It's about me too. And I, uh, I, which but I I'm love, into. I think Chris Pine, because again, Pine I, didn't, Taya Prince? I didn't even know that Chris Pine could sing before this. But Chris Pine and Billy Magnuson together in these roles in this scene is it's pure very enchanted. Magic. It is magic. I love it so much. I think they did so so well. Um, and at least at this point in the movie, and possibly still, this is my favorite song purely mm-hmm. because of the scene. Like it to me, this song interesting. Perfectly. This is not my favorite song. I do really like this song though. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, like this song. It is so for what it's for what it seems like it's meant to be within the story mm. at this point. It is perfectly delivered. It it's, is perfectly done. Yeah. It's my it's yeah. my favorite song in the first act. Yeah, like it is to me this. Song, but not your favorite song overall. It's tied between it's, it's it's agony or never alone. That's that's fair. Interesting. Neither um, of those are my favorite songs. So I'm excited um, to get to it. To Drama. me, this song. <laughs> perfectly toes the line between obviously being a comedic point like obviously you know like yeah. oh they're like competing to be the most dramatic and all mm-hmm. their stuff it's, but yeah it's comic relief meets fuckboy yeah. yes but it, it, it toes the line of being that perfect line of comedy but not annoying like you're not necessarily annoyed by them but you're you're because, just amused by and them that's a that's a very good point because there's other comedic moments um like earlier on that like w- I was annoyed by. I was yeah. Like, okay. Come on. Let's like let's keep it going. And to but me, this, this song is like, like it's like... just real enough that you're not annoyed by it, but it's yeah. very obvious. And honestly, yeah. it tells the viewer that yeah, yes, what they're seeing is problematic, and this musical is going to address that. 
Yes. Yeah. Like we're we're not taking this seriously. seriously. And also it tells you as the as the watcher, like it just shows that you it's purposeful. Take, you shouldn't take these characters seriously. Like these are not necessarily I yeah. don't want to say like terrible characters, but these are yeah. characters that are meant to be terrible people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, these are characters like yeah, again, like they do problematic things. These are characters that are meant to be kind of laughed at. Yeah. Like these are meant to be in, yeah. not in a dismissive way either. Yeah. Someone argue like, oh, they're making joke of it's being dismissive. But no, but like this later, is a real later thing that on, happens. Yeah. Later on, yeah. it comes full circle and it's setting up that situation that like, oh, the writer understands that this isn't supposed to be a serious point. Yeah. Like men yeah. aren't supposed to act this way. And I, I, I do, I do appreciate though. Okay, so at, in the beginning, they're like agony worse than you, and they're talking about like, should aren't I? It, like, am I the one mad? And they're like, I'll tell you what's mad. It's like, yeah, you know what, you are a prince. And like, despite their like. Their feelings about their, like, you know, uh, the, like, power dynamics and stuff like that. Uh, one of the lyrics was, um, agony, though it's different for each. Which yes. does bring around a self-awareness of, like, empathizing with other people's strife. And not mm-hmm. trying to be like, oh, Understand that this bad thing happened to me. Different. Yeah, everyone troubles different. This bad thing happened to me. Something worse happened to someone else. So I'm dismissing the bad thing that happened to me. At least it wasn't that. This is the opposite of that. Yeah. Like, I understand, like, for my situation, this is bad for me. I feel this way. For your situation, that's bad for you. You feel this way. Let's not compare anymore. They're both valid. Yeah. Yes. And I Because that's how you feel. Which and I, I do think, appreciate. Yeah. Um, so then after that, we um, we go over to Rapunzel's Tower. And... Wait, what is that word? Oh, LMAO. That's what I... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's not a word. You know you're only on drink One three, letter right? short from Party Rockin'. You're only on drink three, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, okay, so then we go to Rapunzel's Tower. So the baker's wife, Emily Blunt's character, has overheard Chris Pine and Billy Magnuson singing about their women. And um, They aren't theirs. They aren't they theirs. They are property. Nope. <laughs> and um, so then we see the baker's wife at Rapunzel's Tower. And we see that she heard from the prince that he said, he's like, oh, I just said, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair to me. And so she repeats those words. And Rapunzel's just like, is that you, my prince? And then she hides and she's like, uh, yeah, it's me. And then she asks no questions and just lets down her hair. How many, how many voices do you think she's heard in her life? Okay. In fairness, one male, one female voice. And there we are. <laughs> so my notes for the scene is like, why are they all liars? Like literally every character lies. In Mostly. Except. The baker's wife. The witch. Especially. Mostly. Yeah. The baker's wife. And granted, yeah. I can understand where her like, where she's coming from. But sometimes like, you don't have to lie to get what you're going for. It's it's sort of the idea of like, the end just She's She just means. feels desperate. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. The, it's the concept. For what she wants. It's the concept. It's understandable. Yeah. It's the concept. It's the concept of the end justify the means of like, she's doing this in the end to achieve the one thing she wants in life and bring a child into this world for herself. And in her mind, she's, in her mind, she's not truly hurting these people. Mm-hmm. She's, deceiving them or not being entirely truthful to them but i think in her mind she's not truly hurting them and so it's not that bad i think that's her mindset she done snacks this girl's leg 
I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. So. I, okay, but like, it, it seems like when she was like stealing the hair, it was like how it like snapped off the, um, um, how it like seemed like she was like pulling the hair away. She didn't know that it would be like sliced. I disagree. From because the I only, feel like it the was only... accidental. I think her intention was like, I'm just gonna pull and see pull what it. happens. Yeah. I mm, I disagree. Bop it. Because so Twist her it. her entire Kill your parents. Her entire Bop it. <laughs> one one can her argue her entire intention was to uh, obtain some of the hair to use for the spell. To me, and just granted, yes, in pulling it, she was able to just cut it off the hook. But also, to me, the only other option was to pull Rapunzel from the tower. <laughs> that's what I thought so, was going to happen honestly, first. That's, that's what I thought was her intention. Yeah. Yeah. So either you're going to kill this young woman and take her she hair. She doesn't care. She wants a child. And I just, I mean, you could have just cut off a couple of locks. Like, you just left the bitch these people are panicked they have a timeline they mm-hmm. have been cursed they're on day two no part of any of this have they been thinking logically which is another problem like they're not considering it's not a problem they're not considering the people whose lives they are affecting how how could you be rational it, how can you be rational in an irrational situation I think we should move on to the next part of the story because I feel like we're getting very deep on this one five-minute scene. That's fair. I think that's fair. Uh, and Raven just doesn't get it. So, um, so then we see okay. the other prince looking, hunting Cinderella again. Um, and this is where he actually does say, like, I can capture my own damsel. And it's just like, but you shouldn't be trying to capture her. Okay, should... this is the part I don't understand. Okay, so the first time she runs away from him, so everyone's looking for her. How does she successfully go back to the festival ball and leave again? I don't... I... That's what I don't understand. Because <laughs> that's multiple people involved being clueless. Because I assume the first time she went, that was going to be her only time going, and then when she left... Because she even said when she first ran into Emily Blunt's character, like, oh, I don't think I'll go back. I'm still... She technically said, like, oh, I'm still, like, on the fence or whatever she said or whatever. Yeah. But I was like, if you are running away, why would you go back? And if you did go back, how would they not immediately recognize you and know that that is you? Um, yeah. So the yeah. prince is now hunting Cinderella again. She's escaped from the ball yet again. Mm-hmm. Um, Biggest wife tries to cover up from her. And he's like, don't fool me, peasant. And I was like, ooh. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> which is honestly kind of on them because like she was right there she just she just ran off yeah the only when... time she's a bad liar yeah am i blunt yeah yeah well yeah but like she, even she in like pretty well the first time the steward yeah. the whatever should have seen she was right there like cinderella was right there it's dark <laughs> the woods plays tricks on people people see their dead parents it's fine and the cows just straight up dies and the cow straight up dies. Rip tug. Uh-huh. Rip. Don't no, no, rip tug. <laughs> nope. Keep it in. Um, well, we still have another right song in. to get through before that, but. Also, cheers. 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 No, we get to the song It Takes Two. Mm-hmm. And oh, with the, 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 the line before this, I have a problem with. Because the baker is like, I guess perhaps it takes two to have a child. Do you not know how yes. sex works? Do is that why you're barren? <laughs> is it because you're just like not fucking correctly like <laughs> what i guess it takes two to have a child 
No shit. So basically, <laughs> James Corden. So there's no actual curse. They're just been masturbating in several corners. They just, yeah, they just have not. They been, just don't know how sex works. They just have that, not been that, actually I, I think everything. Sex. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Canon. James Corden doesn't know what fucking is. Um, it takes two to make a thing alright. Although I will say, oh, that's a great song. Um, Thanks. So okay, it takes so two I is think, the song that's very much like. I think this is really cute. I think that. I, think, I do too. I think this scene is sort of them falling in love with each other all over again. And I think yes. any sort of depiction of that is really, really cute. Like their relationship up until this point has not seemed bad or poor mm-hmm. or anything like that, but still showing that. But now it's exciting. Yeah. They're living lives they haven't yep. left before, lived before, but they can live it together. Exactly. Yeah. And, and now I know why I made this It's like about when couples like start doing like swingers parties. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Oh, that's a different line. But yes, related. Um, well, um, oh, that's why I'm going to note the wood changes people. Because she's like, the wood has made you different. Oh, we should fuck. Facts. <laughs> it's like, maybe we should try to get now. <laughs> that's the vibe. Yeah. And I, I really liked how um, the baker's wife is very much just like, oh, you're more sure of yourself. Mm-hmm. You're more into sharing. You're like, you're talking about, it's like, oh, it's us, not you. Yeah. kind of thing like this journey is actually like bettering us as a couple exactly and then yeah. we see jack come is like oh i got i got your extra money it's just like this golden egg which in the yeah. stage production it was a uh, golden hen fun fact mm-hmm. well i thought it was always a hen that laid golden eggs i thought it was, it goose. was but no, no it, well it was a goose in certain stories but like for like the stage production i think it was a hen that he brought gotcha mm. gotcha gotcha that makes sense Anyway, so then, then he's like, oh, I can afford to get Milky White back. And they're like, oh, Milky White. And they're like, no, you can't do that. It's like, oh, did you take money from a child? It was like, well, <laughs> I, technically he gave it to me, but yeah. the cow is dead. Which His best friend is dead. Kind of makes me mad because she's like lied to Cinderella. She snatched I was like, wait to take the high hair. horse in this situation. Yeah, you're exactly right. I was like, how dare you? Yeah. yeah. It's like, did you lie to a child? I was like, you're the one that lied to literally the same child first. Yep. With like all we have are these magic beans. They they're each worth over okay, a pound. Can I buy the cow back? Yes, yes. is what she <laughs> says. And okay, so at this point, okay, they go to so Rapunzel's prince has returned. I wrote down bad idea. <laughs> um, yes, um, and so the witch sees them, traps him in thorns. He like blinds himself on it, which is. What happens, at least the blinding of the prince by the witch with thorns, happens in the original tale. Yeah. And then we get into Stay With Me by Sam Smith. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes. Um, Which, like, again, I feel like this is the staple of the quote-unquote mother character to Rapunzel. But just, like, emotional manipulation much, you know? I mean, it wasn't even emotional. It was physical Well, it sounds like she had I mean, it was physical manipulation, but also emotional and psychological. Which makes sense from her relationship with her mother. If these you beams are stolen, Facts. you're going to be old forever. Facts. <laughs> you know? It's the, the also, vicious cycle of abuse. What's her name? Uh, Mackenzie Mazi is that actress name? Yes. Yes. Yeah. She looks amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know that's the point of this, but like, it's just like... Makeup was great. It was costume she was looked, great. It was fantastic. She looked beautiful. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, so this song, Stay With Me, is basically, um, like, yeah, it's really scary out there. Like, you don't be in a rush to be, like, grown up. Complete dismissing that, like, you're a captive here. Mm-hmm. But she still cares for her. And this is, this is my thing with the scene. And again, going back to the storyteller is actively choosing to develop the relationship between the witch and Rapunzel. Because mm-hmm. during this song, it's, it's like the, if Mother uh, Gaithel, Mother Gothel's song from Tangled, Mother Knows Best, if that song was delivered with actual affection towards the character. Because in Tangled, she is purely just using her for the magic of her hair. She doesn't care for her as an individual at all. Whereas this song is still like, I need you to stay here and I want you to be here and I'm keeping you trapped here. But she does really have affection for a puzzle. She does really care for her almost as a daughter. And so this song is it's to me it's a very difficult song to assess or to listen to because at its surface yes it's problematic and yes you know that she's the quote-unquote evil witch that's you know keeping her trapped here and all that stuff but you can clearly see the affection that she has for her and at least part of the song like part of her true intentions is to keep her safe even if that's still only for her benefit yeah. Yeah. Her benefit this in this case emotionally. Yes. Yes. And like I do think this is a good point, uh the good part of the podcast to bring up. So at this point, the witch is going to like cut her hair and like send her away from the swamp. In the original Grimm's tale, this is the point where the witch finds out about the prince again mm-hmm. and banishes her, but Rapunzel is pregnant. That's how she, like, finds out and won the translation because, like, her dresses are tighter. And it's like, Dresses oh, I know what's going on. So, pregnant with twins, gets banished to a swamp, has the twins. The prince is blinded um, after being fooled by the witch. Like, in the tower, he's like, yeah, I'm Rapunzel because, like, I still have the hair. Blinded on thorns. He spends a long time trying to find her, finds her by her voice. And, it's like, finds, like, his family happily ever after, whatever. Yeah. So, in the original stage production... Um, I, I think, I think Rapunzel still gets pregnant and has the twins. Her fate is completely different in this film, but those like things are like still the same. Yeah. They, they incorporate like elements of it. Also, there's a subplot of both the Cinderella's prince and Rapunzel's prince having affairs with other princesses, specifically Sleeping Beauty and Snow White in the stage production. Yeah. Interesting. So then, after this, we go back to, we see Jack. Reality. Meets, uh, oh, there goes gravity. <laughs> um, we see Jack is meeting uh, little or interacting with Little Red Riding Hood, and she went from country, like scary country mouse, to New Yorker like that. Oh yeah, she snapped around. Like, oh, she is ready. <laughs> she. She is basically Kit Harrington, John Snow at this point. Oh, yeah. yeah. Honestly, yeah. Full pelts and everything. Uh, yeah, so we, we cut back to Jack is interacting with Little Red Riding Hood, and he's talking about the giants that he met, all that stuff. And she's like, I don't believe you. This is a load of bull, and if you are going to try to sell me the story, you're going to have to bring me proof. And he was like, oh, well, I saw this harp. Um, I can go get it. And she was like, oh, yeah, you can go get it. Sure. This place does not exist. This is a load of crap. 
go get it's it like, if you yeah, want to. Definitely steal a golden harp, and then it's the always sunny like title screen. Jack steals the golden harp. <laughs> <laughs> and this this was the point where I had the thought. You're playing with fire, kid. Like, if you go back for this harp... Because I, I think... I don't know. It was something that he said as well that kind of implied the harp was important to them or something like that. But yeah, yeah. this was this was the point where I was like, mm, if you go back to steal this harp, bad things are going to happen. And they did. So I was correct. Yeah, and so then Jack's like, cli- like has the harp climbing down the stalk. Uh, the male giant's falling after and then he's like gets gets to the bottom, gets an axe, starts like hacking away at the beanstalk. It Which, takes a long time. Okay, this is the thing that bothers me because when I see Take this, Take it away, Raven. We have the same thought in this respect. <laughs> when I see this, I, I I I am always like, this there's no way this little ass axe is gonna in any way take down the stalk. And then it does. If and anything, I'm just like, it's like the what? weight of the giant. Mm-hmm. It's something so precarious is like bending it. Yeah. So that- yeah. So like, so like, even like a small weakness will like cause the stock to break. But it just it it always bothers me because he always comes at this stock. Which granted, the axe is appropriate for his size, but he always comes at this stock with this just little ass axe, and it's just like, boy, um, this is not but how this works. I, I love this part of the story. Because they're like, oh, the beanstalk fall, the giant fell, and he died. And it's the third night of the ball. <laughs> like, they completely ignore the fact that a giant, a real giant, mm-hmm. fell from the sky. Like, I wonder what Cinderella's doing. That was <laughs> another thing. Was And I found it, again, I found it very interesting the way they introduced this part of the story and then immediately kind of ignored it was how they said they actually the, the narration actually said that the fall and the death of the giant um caused like shock tremors or whatever like like it shook the ground throughout the kingdom and you're expecting mentally like, i was expecting fallout from that i was like okay like so in the next couple of scenes i'm going to see the characters reacting to this i'm going to see things like crumbling because of this i'm going to see like things happening because of this and then they just no nope. they just move on and then we move on to one of my favorite parts of the movie. On the steps of the palace? Fucking love it. I love it. Okay, she's a witch that can stop time. <laughs> I was so confused. <laughs> and it's, it's it's aesthetically pleasing. It is very aesthetically pleasing. Right. But I was very confused when she started singing the song. I was like, wait, why did why did those Okay, so this is the third night. The, the last night of the festival ball. And she goes back and is escaping again. Mm-hmm. Which just again proves that none of the guards are paying attention to what she looks like, or who she is, well, or anything guards? they're pressing. Guards on the steps. Well, what kind of palace does not have guards <laughs> by the door? Like legitimately, <laughs> you need to beef up your security, sir. I, I like this song because with the purpose of the festival ball is to find a wife for the prince. Mm-hmm. And it's like I found it. It's her. That's the whole entire point. Is Cinderella? Yeah. Why yeah. are you not paying attention? Exactly. To her? So arrest her so I can marry her. I don't I just like this number. I can't really point to a why I like this number. I do like it. But I think it's like it kind of shows a maturity coming from Cinderella. Yeah, because I think this song I think this song shows the process of like her thinking. I don't think it's necessarily maturity because it's like indecisive. It is, but so it's, Campbell, it's a maturity decision to, is to have that not decide. So, Campbell, to me, this actually goes back to the analysis that you were discussing during um, A Very Nice Prince. To me, 
a lot of that analysis actually comes to me I actually got that during this song it's very possible that she was evoking that during a very nice prince but I understood that during this song and so to me this song was the one that solidified she is thinking of all these things she is understanding like this is a situation I come from in a on an objective level of just financially speaking yeah. treatment speaking yeah. like my life quote unquote would be better if I went with him but that's not like I know now like that's not necessarily what I truly want mm-hmm. and so yeah. even if my I'm life in yeah. financial aspects is better am I truly better served by going and mm-hmm. this again goes back to the whole which, like money doesn't buy happiness which yeah. like money buys financial security in many ways yeah. which for a lot of people can alleviate a lot of problems but if you are unhappy fundamentally with your situation, it's not mm-hmm. going to solve that. And she doesn't resolve that there. No. She, she decides, like, yeah. you know what? And that's we'll what I was trying goes. to say. Yes, which is fair. What did he say? That's what he was trying to say. Yeah. So she's like, I don't know where it's going to go. Let me put this shoe here and see how I feel about it. So it's yeah. not then, necessarily that... maturity because she doesn't decide anything. Well, it's mature. She decides not to decide. It's mature in the sense, like, before she she's decides like, not to I fall want to go to the, the ball. I want to go to the ball. And she's like, what the hell? You know, there's options here. Yeah. Um, but I love that they, she doesn't make that decision there. And it comes into play in the second act. Yeah. So then she, you know, she leaves um, she leaves her um, slipper on the thing. She's like, well. On the tar. Which yeah. I oh, did that's... think at first, I thought Emily Blunt's character put the tar on the stairs. <laughs> what? I don't know why. Uh, to get the shoe? To get the shoe. But I feel like in the original... I would have accepted it. I feel like in the original German story, it was like the prince was like, oh, I'll get her this time. Yeah. Before then, though, um, we do see Emily Blunt is able to keep a shoe. Because they yes. only need one. Oh, yes. Yes. And we do see a second beanstalk being planted. Yes. Okay, so then we get to... We only need one. Okay, the second beanstalk does grow. Um, and then we see Cinderella's prince wants to meet all the maidens. So they we see them at Cinderella's house and we get to the song Careful My Toe, which I appreciate oh. this song for what Cinderella originally was. Was yes. that they cut off the stepsister's toes and heels to fit the shoe. And I respect that they kept it like close to the original yeah. or the same as the original. Yeah. Cause so really uh, Lucinda, one of her toes is cut off, but they could see the blood. She's not the right fit. Which I do appreciate that Into the Woods portrays that scene. Because in the original, like, the, sh- the slipper fits and the prince rides off. And the, th- and the doves are like, hey, yo, dude, there's yeah. blood in the shoe. Like, check the shoe. In this check case, the it's shoe. the stewards. It's like, why is there blood? Yeah. And he's like. And he just holds his glove up to the prince like, yeah. hey, dude. Uh, I don't know if you want to see this. I think that's way more realistic in how it would have gone down. Yeah. 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 So I, I appreciate the story's interpretation of that. I agree. Yeah. I, I do too. And then the other stepsister, like her heel, is like, oh, you never need to walk without a heel if you're a princess. Which um, I And then like, love. I do appreciate the, when the second sister, like her heel's about to be like chopped off. I do appreciate that the steps, stepsister with nine toes puts a rag in her mouth. Because she yeah. was not allowed the same generosity, but she was like, "This is what I." Ex-. She like shows a serious sense of empathy, 
was which fair. I appreciate. I also sisters. appreciate the way the second stepsister um, walks in the heels when she like after she has her heel cut off. The way she's like walking and the pain that she's in is tangible and i i i just love it i love the, yeah. the presentation the performance of it so and then cinderella comes out and was like tis i <laughs> T- uh, beauty is what killed the beast and then like <laughs> I, I, everything fits whatever and then well, i do like how the stepmother was like although- we have to bow now i like that i, I did like that gamble so at this point happily ever after Happily but then we see, like, when Cinderella and um, the prince are leaving, the birds go to attack the stepsisters, which I do want to talk about. That is, in the original, like, Grimm's Tale, when, like, during the wedding, mm-hmm. they're invited, and then the birds attack the stepsisters, one eye each, mm-hmm. so they see her get married, and then after that, finish the job. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, okay, so that's done. Anywho. Um, okay, so the we find out the witch banished Rapunzel to the swamp, and then we see um her prince on the horse blinded. Bandages around his eye or like some kind of cloth. But he's been like following her voice. Mm-hmm. Which is very much like the original telling, but like when he finds her and like she like already has the twins, doesn't have them in this movie. And she, like, sees him, is like, I have to go to him. And, like, trudges through the swamp with, like, a bunch of snakes and like stuff. Like, water moccasins and, yeah, all types yeah. of snakes. Which then, I was like, I was fully expecting one of them to bite her and her to just die. Yeah, of him. same. I didn't know. I don't know yeah. why that didn't happen. Uh, I feel like it should have, based on the fact that You, you felt like she should have died? I just feel like they were setting the scene because for that. Because then you would have loved the stage production. <laughs> You seem very salty about this. Uh, no, I just wanted to be like, ha ha! <laughs> um, take on me, featuring, aha! <laughs> um, nice. Thanks. Um, and so she goes to him, like, holds him in her bosom, um, and then cries a single tear on his eyes, and he has been cured. Much like that Rapunzel in Tangled. Yes. Hashtag Mandy Moore. Um, what I appreciate most in the scene is she liked his. Uh, her hair. I was like, it's like, like, yeah, I look different. My hair's different. It looks good. Yeah. yeah. Like, she I was like very it. supportive. Or he was very supportive. Yeah. Pronouns. Yeah. So the baker comes back with another cow. They have all four things. The witch comes. And was like, wait, this witch. cow I totally... is coated in flour. Which was also, this cow was also played by Tug the Cow. Mm-hmm. It was the same cow. The same cow. So... It's the same cow. It's same. It's, it's the same cow actor, Kevin James himself, Barnyard. And I like the response was like, "Well, I thought you were like a live cow." She goes, "Of course I like a live cow." So, so I'm gonna resurrect the old one. And they were just oh yeah, I love that. It was like, <laughs> I know I love. I thought that was so funny. Yeah, like, I, we didn't think you went dead cow. I was like dead cow. I can just bring it back to life. That's fine. It'll do. Yeah. <laughs> It'll do, donkey. It'll do. <laughs> That'll do, pig. Anyway, um, <laughs> so they, like, find, um, ja- so there's Jack, Jack's mom, um, she was like, oh yeah, the giant's dead, and he was like, the giant's dead? And I was like, you're an idiot. Um, <laughs> so they bring the cow back to life, and they're like, you have to feed the objects to the cow, yes. the milk will do, 
is the potion. So it's the wrong ingredients. And this is the point I was like, oh, okay. So it is, like, still makes sense. She touched Rapunzel's hair. So that's yeah. an ingredient they can't use. And then the thing that kind of bothers me, I'm just like, I guess, is they're just like, oh, we can use the hair from the corn. Because the hair from the corn is obviously as yellow as corn because it itself is corn. And still hair. And I, I was just like, And a different I mean, definition. yes. Technically, Techn- but technically like, fuck you. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> you are technically correct. The best and worst type of correct. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, good on you, Jack. Okay, so the witch drinks the milk. She transforms into the beautiful Meryl Street, And then immediately, immediately, the wife is super pregnant. Yeah, super pregnant. Are, they Can are you not say ready to marks? house a child. <laughs> stretch marks. Um... <laughs> She, they are not ready. They're like, hey, we want to become pregnant and then have the time to prepare for it. They're like, oh, I guess this is happening. <laughs> Which, to be fair, they've wanted a child for presumably like years now. So, eh. oh, she's obviously then, ready for a child. And then we hear wedding bells and we get to the song Ever After. Everything worked out. Everything is great. Everything Yay. is awesome. And then this is the part where I team. wrote, what are the remaining 45 minutes about? <laughs> And that's when we get into act two. And then the step family, they're doing well. Doing ah, great. They're all blind. Cinder- but Cinderella's like, you're you're part of the royal family now. Okay, so everything worked out. Cinderella is like super confused because before when she was like giving up the shoe, it was like, I need that shoe. With that shoe, I can finally have a child. And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And she's like, and don't worry about like, it. In it the grand parade, like the showing of like them as a couple or like married or whatever, she sees the baker and the baker's wife with the child and be like, and hey, she's like, hey, what? it worked. We have a child now. I was like, I just saw you. <laughs> and she was just like, the look on her face, just like, what it the was fuck perfect. is happening? It was so but I th- Which I don't understand because she is magic. Well, well, it's funny because, like, I wrote She was like, I can communicate too. with birds and they can do my bidding and trees can clothe me and I see my dead mom. But someone's like, hey, I need that shoe so I can have a baby. And that, that woman later has a baby. That's what doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, it's funny because um, I didn't even think about, like, oh, you know, babies take nine months to uh... incubate. Thank you. Uh, no, gestate. Thank you. <laughs> Gestation period. Both words. Like the weird Both word were. for it. <laughs> I thought it was like, oh, why does she have a baby? Like, like, where did you get the baby from kind of look? Like, like, thanks! Like, that's that's how I saw it too. Is like, oh, I need sense. this shoe to have a child, but like, she's obviously not pregnant, so she needs to get pregnant still and then have the baby. Yeah. 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 But I and think that's like, when, like, Cinderella later. was just, like, trying to connect those dots and be like, what the fuck? Which doesn't make sense to me based off of her um, abilities and skills. But to yeah. me, I so, felt like that was also a, like, perfectly Anna Kendrick moment. Just the face she made. She's like, what? <laughs> no! It's just, it's just that Anna huh? Like, everyone knows that Anna Kendrick face, and it's just that face. And yeah. it's perfect. Um, okay, yeah. the so castle then- is shooketh. <laughs> Sugar the house down because the yeah, second the beanstalk down has grown, and we see uh, the giantess kind of comes down off of it. Well, we, we do don't see that. that at this point. They think it's still an earthquake. That's true. They do think it's because they're stupid. Yeah, that's um situational uh, irony. True. 
Oh, dramatic yeah. irony. And so they're they're trying yes, to yes, get yes, back. Yes, yeah, they're trying to get back home, and they notice all the paths are different. Yes, they're like, we don't know how to get home. The baker and the baker's wife and their child sees red. Okay, so they see little red, and she has like a suitcase, and be like, hey, yeah, I was leaving. Um, like, uh, my town was destroyed. I don't know what happened to my mom, but I was supposed to like. I I, I feel like I need to live live with my granny, but I can't find the way to her either. I don't know what to do. They all dead. Yep. So she sticks with them, and then we see the steward and the step sip, uh, step family come. Um, and then do anyone else come? Um, um, the baker's I wife. Think the baker yeah. won't hold the baby. Yeah, because he doesn't want to be uh, in equal partnership in parenting. Jack's mom. Um, we learned that the royal forces are destroyed, and then we see the giant. The giant like yes. comes and is like, "Hey, where's Jack?" And um, the giant's played by Francis de la Tour, um, who, I mean, is in a lot of things. She was on Imogene in uh, Alice in Wonderland. She was mm-hmm. Mrs. Uh, uh, Leota, uh, no, Lin Linolt, and um, the play The History Boys uh, in London, um, which she got like a Tony for. But she's also, like, Madame Maxine in Harry Potter. Okay, that's what I was thinking of when I saw her face. Yeah, and, and yeah. Goblet of Fire and Deathly Hallows Part 1 were the only movies she was in. Yeah, so we see the giantess now, and she's asking for Jack, and she's saying, like, I... The witch is there as well. The witch is there as well. And she looks fabulous. I love her and so the much. Phineas and Ferb song. <laughs> <laughs> yes um she looks fantastic um and she's basically 100 percent willing to give up jack because she's just like look we are sacrificing basically the entire kingdom for this one little boy um it sucks that she wants him and he gotta die but like look yeah the fate of like the sacrifice of the one for the good of the many you know yeah and then we get to okay the it's like oh yeah the jack is over here and she's like okay i'm gonna go over there but if he's in there i'm gonna come back and kill you all yeah so then we see rapunzel does go back to the tower when she's scared and so um rapunzel is there the prince is there he's uh he's no longer blinded um the witch is there and then the witch tries to like spell him and our magic isn't working yeah. And then I wrote in my notes, um, insert, take me away, the sweet escape. <laughs> I got a pocket, I got a pocket full of sunshine. Take me away. Yeah, and so... Uh, Which so- is interesting. So this is where Rapunzel has her happily ever after. This is the last we see of her. Yeah. And in the stage production, she gets killed by the giant. Which makes sense. What? Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, but then we get into which the witch's lament. Which is which, I think is No, no, just kidding. I was gonna say this is my favorite song. This is not my It's favorite. not. I I really like this song. Yeah, and so she's she's basically singing about um this is where she kind of introduces the whole children don't listen. Um mm-hmm. You know, you're, as a parent, your fate is to love something so deeply and then to one day have that thing you love leave you. Yeah. Um, in some ways, like, 
this is another part where I really start to sympathize with the witch because it's been established at this point that she does have maternal bonds to Rapunzel. She does have a strong affection for her and a strong maternal bond. And Mm -hmm. I, I I would agree with that if it wasn't for years of abuse and locking her in a tower, which is totally valid. Totally fair. You are a hundred percent right. Campbell. Um, (laughs) But I just, I don't know. Like part of me does kind of, if not necessarily, so I don't necessarily empathize with her, but I sympathize in the sense of, Physically just understanding what she's feeling mm-hmm. in yeah, this okay. scene. I'm with you. Yes. Okay. And then we get to uh, we get to the the bakers. And they're like, oh, we have to find Jack. So uh, Mr. and Mrs. Baker are going to go in different directions, 500 paces. Yep. They leave the baby with Red. And then we go see the wife. And, he, and she finds Prince Pine. Um, who doesn't know about the giant. He's just like scrambling so like, she's part another of, thing part of me thought there was like something wrong with cinderella's prince like it seemed like, like he was like in turmoil internally kind of yeah he was frazzled when yeah. we found him yeah i he was and it was just very confusing because uh, it is like maybe, maybe it was just the trauma of the situation and he wasn't like really prepared to be, um, you know, the tackle situation, which I think was kind of hit on earlier in the musical. But it was just very strange, because, like, as we discussed earlier, he didn't even re- recognize Emily Blunt, even though they met several times at this point. That is just True. part of his character. Yeah. At this so point. It's it very confusing, because he's like, what's going on? Where am I? Who are you? You know? Is, yeah. For me, it was a yeah. very confusing scene. And then he immediately starts flirting with her. We get into the song any moment. And he's mm-hmm. like, may I kiss you? And was like, no, no, I'm in the wrong story. Like, what the fuck? Absolutely not. What is happening? Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like, don't be foolish. And he's like, foolishness, foolishness can happen in the woods. It's like, no, no, this isn't right. Right and wrong don't ha- don't mean anything in the woods. Yeah. And it's just constantly turning her words to be whatever he wanted. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Um, problematic. Yeah. I wrote down sleaze bag. True. You must know that as a peasant, he says. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> and and then birds be watching. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so th- this is in the song Any Moment. And the like the really only note that I wrote down was, yo, he be horny. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you know what? She be too. Because obviously Facts. James Corden doesn't know how to have sex. That's been established. <laughs> obviously, because he was like, "Oh, uh, yeah." Honestly, I think it was more the idea that she was she was swept more by the way that the prince was showing her attention, and she didn't know how to respond to that. Which I, I thought agree. Was, that I thought I, I agree. That's a facet of it. That like she does sing about in like a song later is like yeah at home the labels the the life she would be living was stable never changing she's mm-hmm. already established that in the woods anything can happen and she's like into that this mm-hmm. is just an extension of that which maybe if she spoiler it lives um, maybe she could have consulted having an open marriage with uh, the baker honestly I thought about that because I mean really that would make all... the most sense well yeah well. 
That's it. Yeah, for me, it was it was because this whole song was, and yeah, by the end, she was just like, oh, maybe this was a way for me to learn that what I had is, in fact, what I And what and a I fun want. way to manipulate you cheating into a positive. Honestly, because girl, problematic. But well, yeah, um, they did not communicate. <laughs> there was not consent to that kind of relationship beforehand. That's a betrayal of trust. And you died for it. <laughs> yes. Spoilers. But... <laughs> and then before she gets into that realization, we do see the baker find Cinderella. She's at the uh, mother's grave. It's destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, oh, this wasn't an earthquake. There, uh, And then I wrote down, they may be giants. Istanbul may be Constantinople. is Constantinople. Great song. Great band. Um, and so... We find out, and then he was like, "Oh, you look familiar. You look like the princess, but dirty." And I was just like, "That's really yes. James Corden." We <laughs> oh, was, I was I'm just like, yes. you as a person, not the character, <laughs> with specific lines saying this, James we Corden." We have established thus far that James that Corden everyone does is not very have good shady vision. in his narrative narrations. <laughs> Also, maybe it's a kind of thing that she's in disguise. She's using magic to do that. But, like, for the audience's sake, we know it's Anna Kendrick. I think they're trying to justify Since Cinderella is a witch, canon. It is canon. Yes, you are correct. <laughs> um, and then they're like, uh, and then uh, Emily Blunt like, what was that? And then we get into the discussion we are Yeah, and it, I was just like, so you've just been sitting here macking on this man for whatever. This, this entire time? Presumably. Um, Presumably, this yeah. okay. This song Allegedly. reminded me of "By the Sea" and "Sweeney Top." Same, same. Honestly, um. and then, um, then she like tries to go back, and she, like she's straight up lost. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. And then, um, she climbs up a tree to like find her way, um, and then falls. she like falls off because the giant's coming, and then I'm and like, it's wait. Just- does she die? I wrote yes, the same thing. Know. I said, I was like, so yep. is she dead? And yes, yeah. yes, she is. Did the baker's wife And die? then the witch found, the witch found Jack, the bring, brings him to like the rest of our party, um, wearing the scarf. Um, and he was like, yeah, I've, I found the scarf in her at the bottom of the cliff. So I kept the scarf. Wild. Concerning. Here's, oh, here's my question. Where did the witch find Jack? And if you found her, or uh, if she found him, yes, pronouns. <laughs> <laughs> if she found him at the base of the cliff where the body was, why didn't she bring the baker's wife back? I because I, I don't think that's where she found him. Oh, I, I, but we don't know. Obviously, I I agree. I agree too. Like, yes, yeah, she probably just didn't find him at the base of the cliff where her body was. But also, I I, I still had issue with. So you came across the base of this cliff, found a woman that you have met multiple times that you know personally is dead, and you just take her scarf and carry on with your life? I, I was very confused with uh, Jack's motivations. Um, and I was just like, I don't understand why that was the action you chose to take in He this has gotten situation. positive reinforcement that you steal things. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm really surprised. It's the classic At least with the giants, he didn't... Well, he did form a sort of relationship with the female giant, but he didn't know them when he first went up to steal from them. With Emily Blunt's character, he has 
met her and interacted with her multiple times before he found her dead at the bottom of a cliff. Or, I just, or, I don't know. Was it a uh, reuse, repurpose, recycle? <laughs> Leave no trace. Reduce, reuse, <laughs> recycle. <laughs> anyway. Um, yes. Okay, so then they like start arguing. They're like, it's my fault. It's my fault. It's my fault. And then no, 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 it's your fault. fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. Yeah. Um, okay. And then this Which... is the line that I laughed at a lot. That male sheep is like, wake up. And then I just heard <laughs> system of a down chop suey. <laughs> That's <Honestly>. fair. <laughs> That's how she said it. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I'm wake here up. for it. You wanted to. Like, I, I, I like... And then um, they were like, it's your fault, Jack. And then the boy brought his receipts. Yeah. Yep. And, and that's what I like about the scene. Because it's the first time where everyone actually deals with the fact that like actions have consequences. Yes. And, and, then, every and they, single... they also talk about how interconnected all of their lives were during yeah, this time. Yeah, and everything that you've done. like, and, and to me, Campbell, this goes back to your earlier point of that's just the plot. Like everything that you have done is just part of the story. You can't detract anything like any one action of yours and you can't say i had any less blame than anyone else because no. every action by every single one of these characters has actually besides driven the, the baker's father disagree what do you say besides the, the baker's, baker's father i what? i why disagree because the baker's father is the one who set the curse in motion and is the reason why the baker and his wife went off to find all these things and interact with so these characters in the first so place. it's his fault is what i'm saying uh, oh, so you're saying it's actively the baker's fault? Actively the baker's father's fault. No. I agree. Because without How the, yeah, of course because, you agree. How because else would without, any of this without have the baker's father going into the garden and stealing the beans, James Corden's character would have never gotten the beans in the first place to trade them with Jack, who would never have planted the beans. And, and then the, the rest of it doesn't matter. And then well, climb, yeah. By that logic you can blame the witch's mother. No. If the witch's mother had never told her not to lose them, then the curse wouldn't have happened in the first place. No, 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 no. Because, no. because James Gordon's character had the beans from his father. So, granted, at that point in time, he had not, as of yet, from a storytelling taken... perspective, for what we know as an audience, for what we have physically seen, the act that put all of this in motion was when the baker's father stole from the witch's garden. Yes, because when he didn't the, the have witches, to. The witch's See, mother, the witch's mother making her into the ugly hag or whatever, is only the catalyst for her specifically asking them to go get those ingredients. But we don't know Emily, anything Emily else about Blunt, the beans being so, planted in the garden. Emily there Blunt could be something James, completely different. Emily Blunt and that. James Corden's characters had the beans already, so it was entirely possible that at some point they would have accessed those beans and planted them. My whatever. Only counterargument to that is why it takes so long. If, if if the father's the catalyst, because it, because it just did, because yeah, again, because it because just, it, it just could, did. It could have taken another 15, 20 years after that if they had never that acted the witch. That doesn't but matter. But they already had the beam. It's circumstantial at best. I disagree. Well, that's great part of America. America. And that that <laughs> is indeed the beauty of differing opinions. Uh, anyway, but so the reason why I do like the song is because it really holds true to to fairy tales in general the mm -hmm. purpose is always to have some like moral like uh, there is a right and wrong there's a hero there is a villain in these fairy tales what this song is showing that there 
at in some oh. point all to blame and there's a moral ambiguity which haven't really been shown in fairy tales before is what i which i do a lot about that yeah. yeah it's but it's, it's uh the the point i was making was um it's more that like you know fairy tales are more of like presentations of morals of society which i think yeah. your take on that campbell is completely right like i yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah. and I, we live in a society of great and i i very um, much agree with that especially with the the two primary quote-unquote villains that we see in this story being the witch and the giantess which is when you really look at their characters are they villains they yeah they are like the definition of moral ambiguity like the giantess was really they're, just they're not, i never thought them as villains mm. i always thought they were antagonists they are antagonists and the again literal sense of the word where the giantess is really just trying to sort of sort of avenge sort of avenge but also just find out what happened she's like i'm just looking for the boy that killed my husband that's that's it if you give him to me yeah i'll I'll kill him in revenge but if you give him to me like that's all i want and not once did she say she was gonna kill him she actually yeah she actually didn't say i don't think she actually didn't say that yeah um, and then she's want, she says, "I want the boy." Yeah, and then when directly after the song, um, "Your Fault," when we get into "Last Midnight," by... which "Last Midnight" is my favorite song. That's fair. That is totally fair. Because um, I, my f- initial note for this song, um, one of two notes for the song was, "This is epic." Bravo, Meryl Streep. So I totally understand this being your favorite song. My but, notes were, um, you just had to get your wish, didn't you? And good mm-hmm. use of onomatopoeia. Yes. But but during the song... Boom, clap Mel- the sound of my heart. Boom, 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 boom. I also clap thought of that song. Charlie, I, I mean, so I love that I, um, I love that song. But during the song, Meryl Streep, the witch, says, the I'm bitch. not good... I'm not nice. I'm just right. I and love to me, that. And to I me, that is a that. perfect expression and demonstration of what the quote-unquote antagonists are in this story, which is they're not inherently bad. They're not evil. They're not villains. They're just people who are... A wrong was done to them. Mm-hmm. They're trying to correct that wrong, and you are caught in the middle. And this and, is when she was like, okay, blame whoever you want. It's like, fine blame the witch this is my life well, yeah. yes because my favorite part of this in general is she says did you have to have your wish she questions them they're yeah. like they're coming at her but it's like but did you have to have that it, it's like a gene it's like getting a genie's wish mm-hmm. fulfilled. yes exactly and she's like i'm who no one believes and then she like starts like um like she had like the other beans that directly linked to like her like you know youth uh stability or whatever mm-hmm. and she was like fine blame me hordes of giants will be after you if this is what you need if this is what you think is right fine i am the villain yeah and she was like i will show you and then she's like very much like mommy and she was like i'll show you mom um <laughs> and then she was like sorry mother i'm not who you wanted me to be and like showing the very like similar attitudes with how like these different characters felt through parental figures they're all the same they're all just people exactly mm-hmm. how you said raven yes um even though she has like magic and like has been very uh like um all-knowing in a lot of these situations she's the exact same as everyone else and yeah she she's still just by the dirt um 
And then, but um, then people like oh, everyone's like, maybe I shouldn't have wished this. Maybe I shouldn't have done this. And the baker's like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't have, which I didn't like. I was like, oh, so you're the only one here that didn't learn your lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the next note I have is um, James Corden is a little bitch. So I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even remember what exactly uh, I it's probably for. It's probably when he, he like left the child with cinderella that is off. exactly what oh, yeah. it was he, but he, he was, was like i can't be child. a father so you young child that has nothing to do with this baby you are going to take care of my child for me because i can't do it and i was like really dude like this is how you're leaving your child forever because oh. it's also interesting because in the stage productions or like and things like that um him and his father are normally played by the same person yeah. Ooh, interesting i can see that yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and so then he kind of goes on, he, like, walks off and kind of goes on this, I guess, almost pilgrimage, but he sees his father, presumably in, like, some hallucination or whatever, um, has this whole conversation. It's in her, uh, in, her, in her dialogue. Yeah. Um, and he sees his father and has this whole conversation where his father's just like, okay, think of how you were affected by me doing all these like making all these wrong decisions and then just leaving and now think of what you're doing to your child don't make the same mistakes that i did and he's like oh shit you right i'm gonna go fix that um yeah yeah okay so then he like comes back and they're like oh we knew you'd come back and he's like no you didn't well except for red was like i don't think he was gonna come back and i was like you know what true um then we hear from we the birds to Cinderella, and she like gets the full story of everything. Like, what about the prince? And all stuff, yeah. Oh, doesn't matter. Um, and then Red's like, "You can speak to birds. What the fuck?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was the part I was thinking about, like in the beginning of the episode. I was just like, "Uh, yeah." I'm glad people like are recognizing this. The prince finds Cinderella, and she was like, "I'm not your only love." And he was like, "I thought that." You're the one that, like, escaped from me and stuff. I thought you were the one, but, like, maybe we, like, both weren't thinking for the same thing. I thought I'd never and wish for more. This scene I like It's all about I wish. Because she called him out on his bullshit. Yeah. Like, yeah. she's like, I... And he was very somewhere... honest about it. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, because so the, 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 there's what I he was raised to be from. charming, not sincere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and herein lies the issue with a Prince Charming, is that... Their focus is on um, drawing you in and making you like them as opposed to truly being a good and likable person. Yeah. 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 And then um, Cinderella wants something in between the two lives that she's had. And we go to Red and she was like, they're they're plotting to like kill the giant. And she was like, I don't know about this because my family taught me that like, I think they would be upset because I'm about to kill something. Uh, giants are people too. And then we get into No One Is Alone, which I really like. Especially mm-hmm. because uh, Cinderella's like, I'm here for you, Red. No one is like truly alone. And then Red says, I wish and doesn't say anything. And Cinderella's like, I know. Subtext, I wish my mom was here. Cinderella, I know. Me yeah. too. Yeah. And th- this whole song is just, it's so pure to me because it's the you know cinderella having this heart-to-heart conversation with little red riding hood and james corden's character having this heart-to-heart with um 
with Jack, and it's one of those, to me, it was very much a, maybe not entirely maternal, but at least sisterly, or um, like a sort of sisterly relationship with Little Red Riding Hood, and then sort of fatherly, like sort of fraternal, sort of um, fraternal relationship with Jack. Just, again, we've seen throughout this this movie that Jack and Little Red Riding Hood have their entirely own perspective on this entire story. They have their own melodies, their own motifs, their own styles, really showing that they see the world entirely different than, um, they see the world entirely different than all of the other adults in this story do. And so now that they have been disillusioned, now that the world is as destructive to them and as they're becoming more jaded and cynical and they don't really know how to deal with the things that they're seeing and experiencing. And now they have Cinderella and James Corden's character to help guide them through this now to say like, hey, I know that what you're going through is rough. I know that this is terrifying and scary um, and you don't know how to deal with this, but you're never alone. There's always other people that are going through this. There's always other people that can help you. Um, And just kind of like, generally giving that message to, I guess, quote unquote, the next generation to me, is just like so important. And I love that this yeah. movie really emphasizes because that. Because you're never alone when you have a Jesus. I yes. Um, and so I, <laughs> yeah. And I really like that, especially between the Baker and Jack, because the, this mm-hmm. when the, the Baker tells Jack was like, yeah, your mom died uh, because of the steward. And he's like, I'm going to kill this giant. I'm going to kill the steward. And instead of be like, Oh no, that's the wrong way to think. It'd be like, Hey, I understand what you're thinking. You're mad about this. He like is, not being dismissive or invalidating of his feelings, but then he's also being like, but you have to decide if you really think that's the right thing to do. Which I think is very interesting. Um, like to tell a child, to be honest, Mm -hmm. a lot of times like adults, a child that's been like through a lot. Yeah. Um, just cause like adults in general, like try to like really didn't have the luxury of being a child anymore. Yeah. Lost my chance, Sorry. Adults who really didn't. Oh, like adults, you know, try to be like, you know, they try to be like, this is right and this is wrong to lead children. And then James Corden, the baker's just, just like, no, sometimes you get to make those decisions what is right and what is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Which because, like, especially with James Corden, uh, the baker, and Cinderella, we look back to what the parents taught them. Cinderella, you have to be good, you have to be nice. Mm hmm. But, like, Cinderella learned is, like, there's, like, really mean people in the world. That's not necessarily true, so you have to decide for yourself. That's what she tells to Red. And her little writing hood herself, nice doesn't equal good. Yeah, exactly. And then for the baker, he learned, unfortunately for his father, is to, like, uh, he, like, was feeling, was like, oh, I'll never be like you. You're not my real dad. But it was also as, like, giving up on, like, what you believe in. And, like, he thought for the, the longest time, it's like, I'm not going to be a good dad because my dad wasn't a good dad kind of thing. So it's, like, lessons from, like, understanding lessons from parents, good or bad, but, like, understanding that your parents aren't you, the lessons you learn aren't necessarily the situation. But, like, you have to, like, understand what you want and, like, everything you've gone through to, like, navigate through your life. Yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a very good assessment of it. Um, yeah. 
so then bonk the giant in the head and she falls into tar it's very david and goliath (laughs) yeah it it is i mean there's literally a sling Um, yes that that was the illusion it was very like uh uh the puppet pals from dexter's laboratory Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um and yeah and then we are kind of just like rising and going over the landscape and we see him um we see James Gordon's character now trying to interact with his son and telling him this story uh, from the beginning. And we see Emily Blunt's, I guess, kind of ghost or spirit sort of interacting Presence. with him. It's Presence. Kind of like, a, like a self-conscious, like, uh, um, what am I trying to say? Not conscience. Conscience. Not, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, conscious. We see her conscience sort of interacting with him and um, sort of helping to flesh out some of the story that he's telling and uh we get into the song uh children will listen slash the finale um part one yeah and 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 i think this so this kind of ties the story together from the beginning where you hear at the beginning that james corden is in fact the one narrating the story and what he's saying to his son is how he started the story at the beginning of the movie um and to me Again, because so much of this is explaining how even the best of intentions can go so yeah. terribly wrong. This is him trying to teach his son, like, you need to really think about the consequences of your actions and really understand the world around you. And this is me imparting all of the knowledge I've learned through the mistakes I've made and through the experiences I've had in the hopes, like like most parents, in the hopes that you won't make the same mistakes that I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, plot-wise, Jack, Red, and Cinderella, they're all going to live with the baker. And I mm-hmm. think exactly what you're saying, Raven, is really well summarized with these four lines I wrote down. Careful before you say, listen to me. Careful the wish you make. Careful the spell you cast. Careful the tale you will tell. Because children listen. Yes. And it's the idea that... Oh, I, I just got uh, chills. I just got chills. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, think, <laughs> I think that's so... I think those lines are so perfect, especially the children will listen, being delivered by Meryl Streep because she had the earlier song which, in The Witch's Lament where she was saying children don't listen. And it's like, no... Children are constantly listening. They are constantly absorbing. No, I thought children absorbing. don't listen. I thought she was talking about herself. Oh, like I, I thought she was. I thought she was talking more about like the hard-headedness or stubbornness we generally and rebelliousness that we generally associate as a society with teenagers um, in oh, response to Rapunzel, yeah. but children constantly listen. They are constantly soaking up the information that you are. Mm-hmm providing and, and just generally talking about and like they are always there and always paying attention and it's just a matter of what they pick which, up which is, which is a very interesting point y'all just made is that like you know generally fairy tales have morals for children but this is a musical that's a fairy tale for the morals for adults. of adults yeah. yeah 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 and i think the way it's done is so good yeah wow this is um very when i, I picked this musical i didn't realize how deep we would get we would get well even even if it was and even if we're like um projecting like these deeper thoughts onto it it's like this is a very much involved like round story absolutely yeah absolutely i think 
you can get so deep with these stories and even past maybe even what the the cinematographer the director the filmmaker intended but there's so many deeper meanings that can be drawn from these yeah absolutely so um we are at the end of the movie so typically i um i would normally talk about the sort of composer and the musician and everything we've already talked about how this musical was also written by Stephen Sondheim um, who we've talked about very in depth um, during the episode episode so not going to really go into all of his career and everything I hope you've listened to that episode a lot of the points that I had researched and everything for this I brought up but a couple of things I wanted to point out so this play and this story in general was very very well received um it has been adapted as a play multiple times it's been also adapted as a film which is what we covered this time the play itself so across all the productions of the stage version it has actively won five tonys eight drama desk awards four Laurence olivier awards across all the stage productions and has been nominated for easily three times that if not more depending on the type of award which i think is interesting because like yeah there's a lot of things that are like really good about it and like i still didn't see the stage production but it doesn't seem that good i disagree and i actually find it interesting that you feel that way campbell because i found even the film version which i assume the stage version is better based on its reception but even the film version i found incredibly impactful and is Aside from the musicals we watched for the show that I had already seen, like Chicago and stuff like that, this is one of the ones we've watched that I would very, very readily watch over and over again. Hmm. Yeah. I, I think, like, in terms of the musical introduction and the use of musical motifs and the storytelling and the delivery of the lines, I think... It was done very well. So I'm, I'm excited to see a stage production of it because if it really is better than the film version, I'm excited to see it. But I I think I really have overall like no real complaints against the film version. I think it was very, very well done for what the story is. Gotcha. Yeah. Would you like to know what we will be playing for Matt? Yes. We will be playing... Agony. Hey. Yeah. I was really excited. I, like, you both were like so excited. The song was like nice. Let's stop. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Not good. That's what that do, was. Do, do you do you understand the rest? No. <laughs> okay. okay. Can't look. We've been because, on this. We've been on this before. I'm very, okay, I, I'm honestly trying, but I'm very bad at counting rests. Okay, yeah, but like, okay, when you like were playing the notes, they would like it seemed mostly correct with like what I can hear like over my clarinet, like mm-hmm. through microphone and zoom and stuff. Um, yeah, that's where we got off. That's fair. Honestly, uh, so I had my headphones on completely, and there were several parts where you guys were like on the same note. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wasn't many. Interesting. <laughs> we be playing the same notes in that. Uh, do you want to just start the six eight again after the nine eight at thirty seven or twenty seven yeah. or seventeen? Seventeen. <laughs> okay. Uh, wild. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just knew it was wild. a seven. I couldn't see the first number. Okay. So that'll be one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay. And that is a D sharp and a C sharp. Cool. Hey, D sharps. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Stop. I'm not playing any of the correct notes. <laughs> oh, okay. I just thought you were cutting yeah. out. <laughs> I was just like, I just, there's so many sharps. And you know what? I feel for you because I know that sharps are not normally what you play on that instrument. Yeah. Let's, let's start at measure 24. 24. I'll, I'll play the Rapunzel song okay. part. So the one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six. I assume you didn't play 36 correctly. Oh, oh, no. That, uh, so my original plan was to skip over the E and just go straight to the G, but then I would still have had to play the G to the C, which would mean I was I would have to be in second position, hip, but I was in fact I was in fact in first position and it did not work out and uh, my fingers uh, were not in the correct position and nothing came out the way it was supposed to sound. So we're so, just gonna start at thirty seven? Yes. <laughs> Remember the, the the dynamic is piano. So we have to play I'm already playing piano I'm playing pianissimo honestly. Actually no I'm not I'm playing piano. Um, okay. I'm tapping my mic. <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Stop. Okay, when I, I know, because usually I, know, I was like, I, know, I was hearing I you. No, no, let me say it. I was hearing you very well, and then it was like, da, 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 da. And you were playing that well. I, like, was into it. I was messing up some of my notes, but you don't tell because, like, I'm in the background. And then, like, we alternate. You were like, da, 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 da. And I'm like, bum, ba, da, 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 da. And then we're, like, at the same volume. And then I just hear, <laughs> I was just like, she is not confident. I was not. I was this still... bitch is timid. <laughs> I was still actively figuring out what the notes were. And the funny thing is, I have vivid C memories. sharp, E D sharp, easy. Yes, I have vivid memories of my orchestra teacher screaming in my face. If you're going to make a mistake, make it loud. And I was just like, I don't want to. Like, it was just like, while I was playing, I was just like internally laughing so hard because we were like at four, like forte. We were playing. We were confident. You, I think you did a really good job at the part beforehand. Thank and then you. I'm like, I took it away. It's my turn. It's call and response. I'm like, da, 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 da. And then it's like, it's it's the difference between you know um, the the frog and Looney Tunes, hello my baby, hello yeah. my honey. No, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Owl O W L Jolson. Oh, yeah. And just like I like to sing about the moon and the sun um, and his prayer. Right. And then whenever the parents are looking, it's like <laughs> that's what you did. All you of a sudden, your parents were watching it. Yeah. So I. 
Yeah, I'm, just it was just so funny to me. I'm here for the experience. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. pretty well i also i think so too i also mm-hmm. campbell you were 100 percent right the measure is 53 to wait can, i i sorry i didn't my headphones cut out can you say that again nope i'm not saying it again <laughs> i like i didn't hear you raven there was people talking outside undergrads or gathering in groups greater than 10 they could be expelled for that i got distracted what did you say i like literally didn't hear you campbell you were 100 percent right i know i heard you i first know time. you fucking heard me you're an <laughs> asshole Measures 53 to 55. I played at half the speed I should have, which is why we got so off. And I didn't realize it until I was recounting and I was starting at that point. Um, I think um, I think we did okay on that. It's certainly not the best we've done, but it's certainly not the worst. No, absolutely not. The worst would be singing in the rain because of you. Yeah, 100%. I totally admit that. I was bad on that song. Or me during um, Funny Honey. Um, That. So I know you hated it. What'd you think? But how did you feel? And please be brutally honest. Honestly. Because, like, you also know how much we've been drinking. Um, You don't know our ability. But, like, just ignoring all of that oh no what do you think knows, about a performance matt knows my violin ability in that he has only ever heard me play the violin poorly and that is my ability <laughs> so um like i said it's a very aptly named song um but the last measures y'all was it really that bad last measures I, y'all I, I, I literally just say be brutally honest i'm like but are you sure <laughs> give me goosebumps uh, cause y'all because were... I was playing the correct notes yeah. for once. Yeah. <laughs> but like, uh, when y'all first started playing, it was more like... Um, okay, so listeners, that was our attempt at playing Agony. Uh, I am which... happy with my... I honestly, despite Matt being super rude because he is our <laughs> guest and he invited him here, um, I, I, I am proud of my own performance. Like, I'm just like, going to say, I could have done better. Yeah. Um, like, Campbell, you hit the notes that you were supposed to. But Raven embodied the song. <laughs> Titled Agony. <laughs> Agony. Rude. Trump, that is rude. an ungrateful friend to us. How dare he um, speak to us ever again. Um. Yeah. Okay, so we're done. Um, this has been our longest recording session because we don't by have far <laughs> only by forty seven minutes. Um, did you have fun, Matt? I I had a lot of fun. I like Good. having that's these, what's important. That means yeah, we're doing I like something having right. these deeper analytical conversations about the, the work. So yeah, and like really diving into how it um what it means in the overall context. Like yeah, and my favorite part is and, that we didn't agree on everything. Yeah. 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 Which I did like, except for the one part that you were just wrong. <laughs> Campbell! <laughs> Which one? <laughs> uh, but, like, Rave, you know what I'm talking about. The one I convinced you, and Matt's like, I don't know about that still. And I was like, mm-hmm. but, like, we already solved it. The no, key's closed. Yeah. The clues were found blue. Anyway, but so... But I will say, as, like, a longtime fan, Matt, mm-hmm. um, and a longtime listener, what did you expect after now going through our process loosely defined? <laughs> It is a process, technically. 
as if we do things in a somewhat order. <laughs> but, um, like, does it make sense now? Because, like, we do drink a lot. Honestly, I think we only have the four drinks tonight. Yeah. Yeah. But these drinks are two-thirds alcohol? Anyway. Matt, how would you rate uh, this musical? Out of ten. Out of ten. Out of ten? Five out of seven. I have the same thought. <laughs> yeah, maybe because I'm in your head. <laughs> On a scale of ten, I would say maybe a six or a seven. Six and a half. Wow. Because it wasn't Raven, a bad musical. I would have given this easily an eight out of ten. Oh, okay. We've established, though, that I'm at least more generous in my ratings than Campbell is. Mm-hmm. I, I would assume I'm also more generous. I, I, I give it I'm about offended a by that. So I would five. give it about a Grease. This movie is better than Grease, objectively. Well, if, if you take it I think the music's um, better than Grease. Mrs. Macaulay, I'm very sorry, but this movie is yeah. better than Grease. Apologize her. <laughs> um, but I think the music's better than Grease. I disagree. That might just be because Hopelessly I... Hopelessly devoted to you. Look at I, me, I'm Sandra D. Okay, I love... Uh, whatever uh, Rizzo's song is that we play. <laughs> what I will give Campbell I, on this one is that um, the style of the songs were different in Greece. Yeah, which is I think the instrumental, the instrumental backing to this is definitely better for Andrew yes. Woods. But I think if what shines in a musical is when no one's talking or singing, mm-hmm. that I'm a dock some points. Yeah. I okay, so and, I well, disagree. The, 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 I, the reason I gave it a six is because it was nothing special. It was, was nothing, nothing special, special, so I gave it a five. I I disagree, and I think this is why Campbell. We often fundamentally disagree on our ratings because for me, I think individual songs in Greece are very good standalone. However, when I am looking at a musical overall, yes, it matters if a song is good enough to be just sung and played on its own. But to me, I love the cohesion of Into the Woods. I love the fact that the music which is strengthened and by the, the instrumental backing and the the yeah. Um, and to to me, that is yeah. more important to me how the music serves the story is more important than whether or not the songs are good on their own because to me mm-hmm. in a musical the songs don't have to be good on their own they are part yeah, of the story and so with it it matters within the story what faculty they have and to me in into the woods the songs have a greater faculty and they play more towards the story than in greece and See, that's why i, I give say, it a great okay. rating i i think that when you bring up cohesion that's the main problem i have with into the woods not cohesion like musically the entire time but the cohesion also with like the acting the tone the vibe because into the woods to me felt very it was like yeah this is very like grandiose it's very um uh fantastical but then when we get to the dialogue, I was taken away from it almost every scene of dialogue. It was just like... I would agree. If you have like modernist people like going to a fantasy world, this is how we act. But everything else said differently. There was no confusion in that respect. I so didn't feel that, but it might have just... I didn't that's feel why that. I give it like a five or a six. I didn't feel that, but it might have just been, you know... Yeah me not paying I mean, as much attention yeah. to that i don't know yeah. but, but i, I, does that I didn't sense, have that what I'm it does it does make sense i just didn't personally feel it yeah and yeah. i think and i'm not saying that's bad i think i mean it was successful obviously and i really like the actors in it and i really like the performances they're incredibly talented mm-hmm. but as like a piece of work together 
if it's like, oh, this is Into the Woods, I was like, oh, no, it's these actors singing the songs from Into the Woods and saying the lines from Into the Woods is how I saw That's this. That's fair. Like, okay. I... Um, okay, so, Matthew. Hmm? Do you have anything to promote before we sign off? It could be anything. It could be a thing, a program, it could be a life It could be a people, place, thing, or idea. Any noun you choose. <laughs> <laughs> or a proper noun. Well, I was about to say... I, 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 not a proper noun. That's what I don't like. <laughs> I, I was going to say, go out and vote, but it's going to come out in February. It's coming out in February. <laughs> I mean, no, that's always relevant, Wait, though. The presidential true? election is not the only I think Shannon. I think Shannon promoted voting, didn't she? I believe next Something year is uh, we're voting for governor, so make sure you register to vote and go out yeah. to vote if you live in uh, Commonwealth of Virginia. Indeed, yes. Voting is always a relevant precedent because it's always happening because we live in a democratic republic. It's a so. relevant pres- precedent, not only for the president. Yep. Indeed, I see what you did there. Also, um, shout out to face coverings and masks. <laughs> indeed, because um, guarantee we will still be needing to wear masks when this episode comes out. Um, <laughs> Can I promote one more thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're still recording. Yeah. Yeah, Matt, are, what are else would you live? like to promote? Are we live? In case... Yeah, <laughs> uh, fuck it. We'll do it live. <laughs> uh, uh, we we had a private promote... conversation between these uh, thoughts listeners. <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, uh, eating local. Facts. Yeah. Support period. local businesses. Support local businesses. And that's on period. <laughs> that's facts, no printer. Boom. Tied out. No. Okay. That's the worst thing I think I've ever heard. (laughs) So, Raven, where can you find us? Uh, Oh, Campbell, it's funny that you asked that because I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) You can find us on any podcast where or any platform where podcasts (laughs) are. Any podcast where you're surfing. Shut up, Matt. (laughs) Any podcast where platforms are found. The real platform or the podcast we make along the way. You can find us on any platform where podcasts are available, be that Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Stitcher, any of the numerous, apparently kind of sketchy ones, um, Podbean especially. That they're Megan the ones who, specifically uses. <laughs> they're the ones who host Just us. You can it. find us on any of those platforms. Um, you can like, also comment, link up. subscribe. Yes, you can also link with us on Instagram. You can, uh, at Boozicals, um on Instagram. You can also email us uh, at boozicals at gmail.com. Um, you can comment or like this episode. We will get back to you if you leave a comment with a musical request or just any ideas or comments that you have um, in regards to the podcast episode. I hope you have enjoyed this and I hope you come back and listen to us in the future. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Are you going to say bye to our listeners? Yeah, say fucking bye. To, say goodbye. To God damn it. Don't be rude. <laughs> say Literally, goodbye, Say Matt. goodbye right now. What's Don't wrong with you? Have to, please help me. <laughs> You didn't say bye. That's not it. Say bye. Say bye. Bye. Raven, quick, punch him. (laughs) And that's what we'll cut.